Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Big sales! Let me get that screen a little bit fixed up a little bit better. There we go. What a weekend in football. Not so good for me on Saturday. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program, but some telling games, some telling games that told me a lot about who the best teams in the National Football League are. Before we get started, I do want to make sure that we announce our winners. Tomorrow, we'll start the process up again for qualifying our great friends with our Hooters gift certificates. Congratulations to you, Mike and Don. You have been chosen as our winners of the week for our Hooters gift certificates, some merchandise. We appreciate that. And we will start that bad puppy up tomorrow, Tuesday through Friday. You get to qualify. We announce the winners every single football Monday. I want to start this program out by saying this. And I I want you... To understand where I'm going to go here with your Philadelphia Eagle team. I'm going to cover that Niners and Cowboys. The rest of the league, promise you. I think the Rams are good. I think that Rams team, I think that Rams team has a shot to win nine or ten ball games. I think you're, I think they're good. That's a well-coached team. They don't have exceptional talent, but they're good. They're a good football team, okay? They're good. I think that was a really good win. That was a high-quality win against a high-quality team, and what they did in that game, They did things in that game they haven't done all year. Okay? So beating that Rams team, that's a super quality win. That that team's going to win some ball games. And I mean a lot of games. They could have double digits. Like when I look at that team, the Rams might make the playoffs. Let me give you some of my takeaways here now. Awesome, awesome opening series for the Birds. Got Goddard involved. They ran the ball well. 
Swift is becoming more of an important cog in the offense. That's the first time that offense, in my opinion, has looked good for 60 minutes. That was a well-constructed game plan that was well-constructed in the adjustments. When they were doing certain things to them, they countered them. The second half is the best coaching on both sides of the ball for the Eagles all year. Your pass defense was awful in the first half. He knew that. So what did this I do? I got to bring pressure. We just can't sit back here and allow these guys to pick us apart because they will. What did he do? Second half adjustments. And you know how he adjusted? Not with talent, by blitzing pressure. Got to tell you, man, that was absolutely the best Sean Desai has looked so far. And it's not so much on what they did in the second half. It's the fact that they made the adjustments in-game. That was the best and most effective I've seen a Philadelphia Eagle D coordinator when it came to adjusting and the offensive coordinator in two and a half years. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Cooper Cup looked like a stud in the first half. In the second half, he was shut down. Adjustments. As for Jalen Hurts, he was sensational, undefensible. When they had that 17-14 lead and they were in the third quarter and he makes that first down scramble, you cannot defend that. And when, how about the dime he threw on the sideline that ended up getting called back or he dropped it? I think it was AJ. He dropped it on the sideline. He couldn't have walked that ball out there and handed it to him any better than throwing it 40 yards like that. That was the best game I've seen him play. It looked like the Super Bowl. He was sensational. And I don't care about the amount of carries. When you have a guy doing that and he plays like that, Man, wow. I mean, I kept doing this. Every single time that they needed something, he ran the ball. Outstanding. Outstanding. He was outstanding. Swift is a complete upgrade from Miles Sanders. Holy shit. He's crystal. He's the Eagles' version of Christian McCaffrey. He's getting better and better and better and better and better and better every week. You know, you look at the numbers and you're like, 108 cells, I think, in total offense he had from scrimmage. Yeah, man, but the way they were using him, throwing passes to him, middle screens, tosses, running the ball, he is a complete back, man. Man, I, I tell you, he is wow, what a football player that kid is. You got that you got that guy for a fourth rounder on draft day? 
You couldn't have drafted a better guy in the first round to play running back. Maybe Bijan? The kid from Bama? Holy cow. He is a... He's a great-looking player and a great-looking addition to that Eagle offense. Tell you what, man. Brian Johnson had a spectacular day. Sean Desai... For 60 minutes, watch this. Your pass defense in the first half sucked. You want me to give him a grade for the game? A. He made the adjustments needed to stop that shit and to stop the dam from breaking. And he did. That's coaching. That's knowing personnel. Hey, I don't have the guys to sit back here and sit in zone defense and play that umbrella defense. Stafford and Cup and these guys are going to rip us a new one. I got to bring pressure. And he did. It was excellent. It was just a fantastic first half of football offensively. Really, the entire ball game. Um, I said this, and I know some of you thought it was hyperbole on draft day when I said Jalen Carter is the best defensive player in the draft. His off-the-step, first step to get to the backfield is faster, faster than Jerome Brown. He's not the next Jerome Brown. He's better. I think he has the capability to be better. Jerome would run around a few blocks. This kid runs through people. He is a sensational football player. He might be the second best defensive lineman you've had in the last 40 years. And that's saying a lot because everyone knows who I'm talking about. He is without a doubt Hey, when you think of what the Cowboys drafted, and I told you that Mozzie Smith kid sucks. I told you that kid has no first step. And then you watch Carter's first step. He's a quick twitch kid. He got great hands. He get, man, what a football player. I'm telling you, man, he's the best defensive lineman you've had since Reggie White. That guy is unbelievable talented. He's not going to put the sacks up that Reggie did. Shit, you know what? He might. He might. But it's harder in the interior than it is on the perimeter to get those big numbers and sacks. He is a, wow. What a player. The Eagle offensive line was spectacular. That suit paid a kid? Holy shit. Aaron Donald was a non-factor. Aaron Donald was running around. Do you know what Peta did to the guy? Opeta did? You know what Opeta did to the guy? Do you know what he did? He had been beating him up so bad. Aaron Donald started running around blocks versus the run. He started started running around picking sides because the guy was dominating him. 
That kid Opeta dominated Aaron Donald. He dominated a guy who's having a good year. Do you know how much money that kid made yesterday? That kid has made himself the starter. Even when you get Cam Jurgens back. You're not taking that guy out after he kicks the shit out of Aaron Donald. I mean, that kid just won himself. Let me get this right. You go from the third team behind Steen and Jurgens to being a starter on the E, not on the Giants O line, the Philadelphia Eagle O line. That kid just made himself $20 million per year when his deal's up. He continues to get better and play like that. Dude, there's two dudes that are going to get paid handsomely on that Eagle team. You know who they are? DeAndre Swift and that guy. Holy cow, what a job, kid. I would have, dude, you don't do that to guys that are generational players and kick the shit out of them like that in your first true start. He was sensational. He scooped and slipped them. You, if you go back and watch the 22 on him, Aaron Donald started picking sides. Which means you're in his head. Will goes for at least a week. Well, that's the kind of game, Will, you put in your back pocket and you tell people, I killed Aaron Donald. I killed Aaron Donald. That was, I thought he was good last week. Did you see the plays when Opeta was on an island with Donald? He was so good. Moved his feet, slid him, was patient. Shit, man. Hey, Jeff Stoutman. Sign on the line and put a number next to it, whatever you want. I'll pay you $4 million a year to be my old line coach for eternity. If you want, we'll make this a Supreme Court hire. You can do this until you're dead. Okay? You can do this until you're dead. Does the NFL give out lifetime deals? I don't know, man, but I'll tell you what. I ain't letting that guy loose. Thanks, Chip Kelly. The only thing that Chip Kelly did was bring that guy in. Okay? Man. And get this. The eagle has landed. No, not Armstrong. The eagle has landed. How about late in the game? When you needed situational sacks, there's Reddick. Closing the door on the Rams. 
Wow. Dude. He makes some of the most impactful sacks. Hey, I'm going to say it one more time to you guys. I think the Rams are good. I think they're a good team. They're going to win. Hey, they're going to win 10 games in the in the NFC. That's a good team. It's so well coached. The Eagles, in my opinion, they out-adjusted them. Out-adjusted them in the second half. They started, the coaches started using the roster and not sticking to the fundamentals of their schemes. They started using players. Swift and Goddard. Swift and Goddard. AJ. I'll tell you this, I was a little disappointed to see um, Devontae Smith whining up and down the sidelines, though. I was a little disappointed that that he needed a bear hug to get his feelings not feeling so bad because he didn't have any catches and he had one target. Hey, man, shut the F up, man. That's the first time I'm going to give you a pass on that because I love you and I think you're a quality kid, but this is pro football, guy. I get it. It's a wide receiver position. Easy. Don't be that guy. You're not that guy. Am I going to give him a pass? Absolutely. But if you need a pat on the head, this ain't college, son. If you get no catches and you win games and you go undefeated, I don't give a shit what your numbers are. No whining. That's for the Cowboys. Sirianni goes over, puts his arm on him because he needs a hug. What do you think this is? Family intervention? Don't want to see that again. He's too high quality of a guy. Moping and you're winning. Hated it. Hated it. Okay, hated it. Loved the kid. Would I want him on my... Absolutely. Would I want him to be a leader? Absolutely. It's the first sign of weakness I've seen in Devontae Smith since he's been an Eagle. And I get it. I do. But man, this is like everyone says. So let me ask you this. This is all you have to know about the Eagle offensive personnel on your team. Jalen Hurts gets killed for not throwing for 4,000 yards every year, right? Don't you think he wants to have 5,000 uh, passing yards so that he can go around with his boys telling you, hey, I got 5,000 passing yards too or 4,500 passing yards. Don't you think he wants to go around saying that? How many times does a 4-0, 5-0 quarterback have to answer for not throwing for 450 yards? He doesn't. He, he answers to that. But he's, he's, his ego's not where that is an issue. Donald said he knew how to stop the brotherly shove. Kelsey said, oh, yeah, show me. Kelsey 2-0 versus top DTs. Aaron Donald was a non-factor. He should have shut his mouth because he got annihilated again. Got annihilated again. It, hey, wait a minute, Kevin. It wasn't behavior of Devontae Smith. Let's get this 
Let's get this different here. Devontae Smith, that wasn't behavior. That was a moment. It's a far cry from watching Antonio Brown blowing up on the sidelines or watching people blowing up on the sidelines and continuing their antics. That's not behavior. That's a moment. We're all entitled to a moment on the sidelines. You get moments because things are said. Nothing's that you, you, you just, that's not, that's not behavior. Devontae Smith had a moment. It's okay to have moments. Okay? Yeah, breaking iPads. Dude, the only guy that gets away with that shit is a guy with six rings or seven rings. That's the only guy that could get away with that. So it's not... Devontae Smith is not a behavior issue on the sidelines. Okay? He's not. Okay? Smith had five targets, one catch. I think he was whining about missing a couple of those catchable balls. Okay. All right. I don't need my coach to come over, pat me on the head, and tell me it's okay, and here's a whoopee. I don't need that. It's a professional football. I get paid a million dollars a year to do that. Go sit down, coach. This isn't this isn't bitty football. You don't have to make me feel good and give me warm, fuzzy hugs. It looks unbecoming of a professional athlete. I hated it. Um, by the way, how about that Eagle crowd? The Rams couldn't hear because the Eagle crowd was too loud at So High Stadium. Okay? Fantastic fan base. Fantastic fan base. Let's go by the numbers now. Fantastic fan base. Can you imagine being in a stadium that's brand new, the most expensive stadium in the NFL, and it's not even a home field advantage for you? Quez Watkins has to go. Sirianni was livid. Quez Watkins, man, I told you, the only reason he's on the team is because he's got great speed. He's a marshmallow. He doesn't fight for anything, including his job. Yo, Sills, up, Quez Watkins? Seriously, I'd cut his ass. I don't need that behavior and non-factor and non-toughness on my team. He's such a schwimp. Man, I I hate his attitude, his personality, not fighting for footballs, the whole damn thing. You see what I just said about Devontae? I want 10 of those guys. I want 10 of those guys. Him, I don't want him near my team. Do me a favor, Quez. Go get me a glass of water. Okay? He had a clear lane for the first down and ran to the sideline. It's because he's a wimp. That guy is a wimp. You think there's, dude, the one thing that you won't never say about two teams in the NFC, the Niners and the Eagles, there ain't no wimps on them teams. Well, wait a minute. You got one. What's up with Quez Watkins? Quez Watkins needs to be tied to a chair and someone kick his ass for about 10 days to toughen his ass up, and then let him loose. 
That guy needs his ass kicked. Ask him if he's ever been in a street fight or anything. Most, most notably, that guy's probably been in a pillow fight. That guy's been in a pillow fight, not a fist fight. Holy cow, what a wimp. Total wimp. Okay? By the numbers, man, did they flip the page on what they did last week to this week? And again, I, hey, I'll tell you this that Rams team is way better than the Commanders. That's the best team you've played. I think they're good. I think that's a good football team. They just ran into an elite roster. Okay? 23-14. Not in dick. Hey, get this. You know how I told you that every game that you played in, you know how every game that you played in prior to that Rams game was a close game? This 23 to 14, didn't it didn't it feel like 40 to 14? Didn't it feel like 40 to 14 at the end? Red zone offense needs some work. I saw that two for six. They're not good in the red zone. Got us. As you get into the meat of your schedule, you're going to have to start scoring touchdowns because you're not going to beat some of those really good teams kicking field goals. It's great to have Josh Norman, though, because you know why? Josh Norman's going to win one of those big games for you when you're in a back and forth. Okay? When it, when it goes back and forth. Okay? First downs, 28 to 17. Complete domination. How about this one? You have no chance to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Jake Elliott, excuse me. Thank you. Sorry about that, Q. Q ball, thank you. Um, you have no chance to beat the Philadelphia Eagles when you run 78 plays and hold another team to 55. You have no chance, zero chance, zero chance of winning a football game when you have that difference in place. You ran 23 more plays than they did? Unbelievable. 454 in total yards to 249. So you're telling me you held that Rams team to under 290 yards in total offense. Another spectacular performance. They can't run the ball, but they can throw it. Passing yards, 295. That's what sacks. Jalen threw for more. He threw for 300. As, as the game got out, it looked like Stafford was going to throw for 375 yards. 195 in passing yards, counting the sacks. Kelsey went off on the sideline. I think it had a lot to do with the red zone offense because he was complaining about kicking field goals. We're not going to win later on if we're going to continue to do this. I think Kelsey's pissed off about the red zone offense. Okay? Rushing attempts. How about this? 39 rushing attempts. 38 passing attempts. 
Complete balance. 159 rushing to 54. Best run-stopping defense in the NFL right now resides in Philadelphia. Time of possession, 37.55 to 22.05. Outstanding. Now here's the individual. Hurts, 25 of 38, 303, touchdown. The pick, when you play like that, I don't give a shit about that pick. I could care less. 87-9 rating. Stafford, 21 of 50, 21 of 37, 222, two touchdowns, 92-4 rating. But here's where Hurts is even more deadlier. Scad, 375 yards in total offense. 15 of 72 and a touchdown, 4A to carry. You cannot defend that. It's impossible to defend. Hey, Bud Quez Watkins here. You don't even know about pillow fights. It's obvious so many things could go wrong. It's like the outsiders stay away from the zippers. Leather, Bud. Uh, Y'all going to trip on me, but I think Covey needs looks in the slot, especially in those plays like the screen Welker and Edelman started to run. Covey has gigantic. Yeah, no, he's a tough kid. Maybe throw him out there just to see what he has. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. I would. I'd be okay with that. Smith, how about this? Smith, seven. Look at Swift. So Swift touched the ball 23 times for 108 yards in total offense from the line of scrimmage. He had six catches for 38 and 17 carries for 70. Dude, you do you understand if you keep doing shit like that, that guy's going to have 1,000 yards rushing and 450 yards receiving and about 50 catches. $15 million. Only one MVP this game. Opeta, he was – I got game balls. He, he, he was spectacular. He was spectacular. Spectacular. Fun fact, Brittany Govey leads the league in total punt return yards. It's crazy. Since he was a crash test dummy last year to where he is now, he's evolving into that position. Outstanding. Goddard, eight catches, 117, 14, 6. He, he, com- he took out all of his frustration in one game and showed you why he's considered one of the top five. Now, here's what happens, though. A guy like Devontae has to take – not a second seat, but a sixth seat because Swift got his catches too. There's a lot of footballs that go around here. And that's why you have to have an even keeled and a level-headed guy like Hertz as your, as your quarterback. You can't have an off-the-chains guy at quarterback here because there's going to be a lot of egos that have to be fed not during game day. Okay, but during preparation week, 
because you got to keep telling them. And you know, you know, you know what a thing like Goddard does for the rest of the squad. Here's the thing that Goddard does for the rest of the squad. You didn't get yours week one. You didn't get yours week two. You didn't get yours week three. You didn't get yours week four, but it came. And so if you're a player, you keep putting your hard work and your preparation in, you know it's coming. It's coming. Swift Swift is becoming more and more and more and more and more part of the offense. And it is absolutely going to benefit everybody, including Jalen Hurts. Man, I'm telling you, that 17-14 part of the game in the third quarter, when he took off to get that, that first down, and he broke that tackle, went up the sidelines. I just went like this, shit. So you got a guy that's throwing for 300 yards and does that, one of a kind in the league. There's no. I watched Lamar Jackson. In the earlier game, they were playing the Steelers. And I'm going to say something here that I never thought I would ever say. You're right, he is better. Hurts is better than Lamar Jackson. He's better. He's better. You're right. He's better. He's a better player. He's more accurate. He knows he, he, as long as they allow him to do what he did yesterday, he's a better player. Okay. He is a better football player. He's not a better winner. He, Lamar's won 75% of his football games. Don't go there. He's won more games as a percentage and in total than what Jalen has. He's not a better winner. That's not a fair comment or a factual comment. Okay? He's a better player, though. You know why? He's a better passer. Jalen Hurts is a better passer than Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson led the NFL in TD passes. Okay? Um, cup, eight catches, 118. All that done, all that work done in the first half. They really did. Let me let, let me do this now. And let me get into the coordinators. By the way, why do you want to talk about Quez Watkins? I talk about winners. Why in the world do you want to talk about a guy who's a coward? Why, why, why do I, I mean, really, I don't talk about losers or cowards or non-tough dudes like that. He has not one redeeming quality about him that I like as a player, except for his speed. Other than that, he's got marshmallow hands. He's got a marshmallow mentality. He never fights for anything. Why do you want to keep talking about him? I mean, he's a faster Jalen Rager. Quez Watkins is a faster Jalen Rager. It's like watching the cowardly lion. 
But we, actually, it's the Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion. This guy's got no heart, no balls. Enough. Enough. The experiment of the Quezer. I'm, I'm done. I'm done, man. Dude, th- that guy, when I watch him play, gives me agita. Toto, Dorothy's dog had more balls. Okay. Enough with that. I'm sick of it. Don't bring him up again because I hate him. Um, the coordinators. By the way, hate him as a player. I don't know him from a can of paint. Um, the coordinators. Let's start with Brian Johnson. I thought he called his best game. I thought him and Hertz were on the same page. I think Hertz just said, I'm playing Jalen Hurts football. There had to have been a come to Jesus conversation. Okay about how he was going to play that game because Jalen Hurts did not look like Jalen Hurts of 2023. He looked like Jalen Hurts of 2022, okay? Um, Twiz, I don't believe that they outcoached McVay in the first half, but for 60 minutes, I think the Eagle coaching staff got the upper hand. And they started using their personnel. And they did a great job. Like, I told you this, by the numbers here, that 23-14 score, I, to me it felt like it was 40. I, I felt like it was a 40 spot. Because as the game kept going on, okay, well, here, when, when people go like this, and this is the idiotic ways people look at things, how many people in here actually thought it was an even fight with personnel and roster? The only reason that they kept that game close is because of coaching. That roster's not that hot. It's a good team. But at the end of the day, you don't have the same personnel that – the Eagles do if you're the Rams. So when you say outcoached, you didn't outcoach him. You out-adjusted him. Because the only reason they were in that ball game was because of coaching. The Rams don't have Eagle personnel. Not no, not anywhere near it, actually. Okay. So you're going to get a very well-coached team every single time you play Sean McVay. Like I said, and I made sure I started the program out by telling you, I think the Rams are good. That's the best team you've played since the Super Bowl. Has I think the Rams are good. They're going to win some games. I'm going to get to Sean Desai here in a minute. What adjustments do you think Desai made at halftime to make the second half so dramatically different? Relative, I'll get to that. We couldn't capitalize 
were in the red zone. I told you that that's been a problem for the team, um, has been red zone issues. They're not very good down there right now. Eagles have to improve the red zone. Field goals won't beat the Dolphins, Bills, um, not even maybe the Cowboys. That's what Tone said. Um, the uh, So here, let me let me finish on Brian Johnson. The ability to get the ball to Swift the way they did, get Goddard going, finding AJ, all of that. Hurts, who was accurate again. You know, Jalen, am I right, guys? Do me a favor. Was Jalen hanging around that 67-7 number again in completion percentage? Was he hanging around there? Was he hanging around that um, that number again? Because, you know, for him, he's he's getting more. 66, that's fantastic. So he hung out at 66 percent in his passes 66 percentage like i said you're right around seven out of every 10 passes are being completed and you're running a ball for 75 yards you can't defend that you just cannot defend that patrick mahomes doesn't have that dynamic watch this this is where some of you get aggravated with me patrick mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And I said this on my Twitter and people got offended by it. And I said this, Jalen Hurts is the best running back quarterback. No, my exact tweet was Jalen Hurts quarterback for the Eagles is the best running back in the NFL. And people go like this, you're talking shit on him. Let me tell you something. When you're a 67% completion percentage quarterback and you throw for 300 yards and you're the best running back in open space, the way he gets open, the way he extends series. That's a compliment. Allen can't do it. Burrow can't do it. Mahomes can't do it. Is that really a bad take? Okay. How is that a bad take? I'm going to get to Brock Purdy. He was sensational. He was sensational. He had one shit pass in that game. And I'm going to get to 49ers and Eagles and who the better team is here in a minute. Okay? Here are my game footballs. If I were to pass game balls out. Let's start on defense. Jalen Carter. Jesus, criminy exceeding expectations. You haven't had a defensive lineman burst onto the scene in Philadelphia like this since Reggie White. He is such a great-looking ball player. Absolutely a sensational ball player. Okay? Sensational. Hassan Reddick. Once again, here's Reddick in critical situations when the Rams needed a touchdown in the fourth quarter, what's this guy do? He gets two sacks. Situational pass rushing. Man, I mean it. I'm going to say something about him a little bit later here as we talk about the 49ers here in a second because I'm going to put it all together 
And our topic, our other topic is going to be about the 49ers and the Eagles. I'm going to give a game ball to both linebackers. Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham are proving me wrong. They're getting better every week. Getting better and 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 better every week. They're making plays out there. They're not the best pass coverage guys, but you weren't great last year. They're getting better and better, man. Okay? They're getting better and better. Reed Blankenship continuing to prove that he can play. Um, Absolutely. A guy who gets a dud? Darius Slay. I told you he's out of gas, and I'm concerned about him. I don't think he's very good. I think he makes flash plays now. I think your corners, um, I don't know. Darius Slay looks old. Okay? He looks old. That guy is playing his last year in Philly. I said that at the beginning of the year, that I think this guy's toast. And I saw the beginning of the end last year. And I'm seeing it now. Tell me I'm wrong. Slay looks toast. I don't see it. Okay? You got a problem at that position. And with Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and some of these other shit, even the guy now, the quarterback for the Jets blows out loud. But you got a good receiver rolling in too. And by the way, I'm going to give him one benefit of the doubt here with this. For one thing here, he does play the number one guy. So you do factor that in. Slay's always lined up on the number one guy. You know, Slay could always go, Hey, man, I'll tell you what, you give me wide receiver three or wide receiver two. I'll show you what I can do, but he's lining up against the Justin Jeffersons. He's lining up against all the big-time guys in the league. So you got to kind of temper that a little bit, but still the amount of space he's giving, okay? Okay? Look at Brian going like this. I'm mad because he roasted me. Why would I be mad by telling the truth that he's getting his ass kicked this year? How dumb is that? Roasted me? I got a million views on that tweet. Thank you very much. Content, kid. You call it roasting? (laughs) I call it conversation. That's the difference between me and you, kid. Somebody has a posting on my Twitter page that gets me a million views. Okay? A million views. And this guy goes roasted me. Hey, one day you'll understand what content is and what I'm about. I'm not about any of that shit. I don't care about that guy. I don't give a shit about that. Sills, so I think both our cornerbacks have been shaky. I do too. Would you trade one of you can't a hey, chaos? You can't do that right now in season with that kind of massive turnover to go and try to move two different cornerbacks 
in season. You got to ride this thing out. Those decisions should have been made, or you should have brought in some depth so that if you were going to make a decision, you would already have guys in place that understood what's being asked of them. Okay. To make a move like that would change the entire dynamic. It would be like this dude, Nicobe Dean has to be scheduled to come back. I'm not playing that guy. Not at all. Not the way that these two guys are playing. Your linebackers are getting better and better and better. And now I will say this about Nicobe Dean being back. I would make this point to you about Dean. Those guys, the only thing Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow have done is made me do this. Instead of when Dean went down, well, as soon as Dean gets back, I'm going to put him back in. Thinking now that they've done to the coaching staff, they've done this now. Well, let's see how they keep playing. And if any of these guys have a drop-off, that's when you put Dean in, and I'd be okay with that. I'd totally be all right with that. That's how I think you should handle this. Let this thing, you got a hot hand going at linebacker right now, okay? You got a hot hand going at linebacker. And I was asked the question about what Sean Desai did in the second half. Let me tell you what he did, which is ballsy. And you got to give him credit for this because it's ballsy on what he did. You ready? He knew when he was watching those wide receivers, the BYU kid and Cooper Cooper Cup and some of the other guys, he saw what they were doing. They were getting enormous space. And get this, he saw both your corners weren't really good in coverage. And they were just getting killed. So what did he do? He started bringing pressure. He started bringing pressure. Because he knew the O-line had a backup center. He knew that the two defensive tackles in the middle. I'll tell you what, Milton Williams played a heck of a game. He's not getting enough love. Okay, Milton Williams played a heck of a ball game in there. I was all I was I was awfully impressed with him. Okay? Was awfully impressed with him. And 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 we're gonna get to the Niners here in a second. How in the world do you think Lane Johnson beat the shit out of Nick Boza when you had only 250 yards in total offense? How do you think you killed him? I mean, you're out of your lowest output in offense last year was against the 49ers. You scored because of turnovers and short fields. You didn't beat up that, that 49er defense. Where? Where did you beat up that 49er defense? When it came to dominating at the point of attack, that's not true. Okay, that's not true. That's why we need a safety to mask the decline of the corners. It's becoming an issue. Marshall, but he saw that. I give Sean Desai, first half, not the best. Second half, for the overall game, um, that was incredible. That was a great, great, great ball game. By the way, I'm going to get to the 49ers-Cowboy game here in a minute. Then we're going to tie it all in. Fred Warner, holy shit. That guy 
is a machine. He is impressive. Impressive. That's an impressive football player. Wow. Wreaked havoc. Wreaked havoc. Let me get to that game. Then we're going to tie it all together here with Eagles versus 49ers. Um, here it is. That was one of the most demoralizing defeats I've ever seen the Dallas Cowboys take. That was demoralizing. Demoralizing. 42 to 10. You know how people say this? Well, I'm just going to throw the tapes away. We're starting to throw a little bit too many tapes away for the Dallas Cowboys. So now you want to throw away um, the Cardinal tape. Now you want to throw away the 49er tape. That's the problem in Dallas. They don't address their mistakes. That's what Kelsey was doing on the sidelines. Kelsey was on the sidelines bitching about, get this, you know when people are in here and they're saying to me, Sills 5-0, and oh, well, why is your center bitching when he's winning a game, having flown 3,600 miles, and he's bitching at his head coach and his O-line coach and his teammates because they're not good in the red zone? Why is it he's bitching too? He was bitching too. We've got to be better if we're going to win a Super Bowl. But some of you in here take that as an insult. It's frustrating when you see a Hall of Famer doing it. And you guys look at me and go, Sills, we're 5-0 and and you're ripping us. Your own freaking center was ripping the team. That's a prime example of a guy chasing a ring. Kelsey knows what's coming. He knows they cannot afford to be weak in the red zone, especially with the better teams coming up. Amen. Amen. Another guy, 5-0. and oh. Why is your Hall of Fame center bitching? about your performance in the red zone. Tension is good, holds everyone accountable. Absolutely. 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 Here's my offensive game balls. Before I get to the 49ers and Eagles here, Jalen Hurts, right out of the top. My second game ball, Suo Peta. <laughs> he could start on every single football. Kelsey was also upset about the staff getting plays in late, caused a delay a game. That's championship mentality there. Love it. Suo Peta, man. I couldn't be more impressed with a player playing against an elite defensive football player like that and kicking his fucking ass. 
Holy shit. That's the best performance by an O-lineman so far this year is by Opeta. Because of the player he's playing on. Dude. Man, that guy just made himself. You know what? You know what Opeta did in that game right there? I have to give you guys some context to this. You know what that guy did for himself? He just became a 10-year NFL veteran with that game. They're going to always put that tape on when they're evaluating and looking. Whatever happens to him in Philly, this guy killed This guy killed Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald's been playing some of the best DT of his career this year. Dude, Opeta won himself a starting job. Sorry, Jurgens, you are not getting that job back because I don't really think you've been that hot in there. This guy's been sensational. That was a sensational perform. Look at this. Did he have the best performance of any player on the field? Have to go Hurts, but he's second. Sensational because of the people he was playing on. Man. Hey, what's his size, Tone? How big is he? How like how tall and how much does that guy weigh? Man, no, K. Robinson, Peta wasn't good. He was sensational. Damn with one K. Stop make stop talking sense, man. <laughs> hey, he's six four three twenty five. I thought he was a little taller, but that's okay. That'll cut it. Hey, man, I told you this, guys, a long time. He's 305. Hey, guys, I told you this a long time ago. When I see something that was a great performance, and I think the Eagles had a great performance for 60 minutes, and the in-game adjustments, and Hurts playing like he did a year ago, that's the first time you guys looked. That's the best the Eagles have looked since the Super Bowl. Okay? That looks like the team that we saw a year ago. And I mean for 60 minutes. I know, man. Donald's actually, I think Donald's 275. I think he's six feet 275. Okay. I do. I think he's I think he's six feet 275, Aaron Donald. He's a little dude, man. He's a little dude. Um, AJ Brown gets a game ball, Dallas Goddard, obviously, and DeAndre Swift. So let's take a look at some of these moves. Okay. And Hey, what round this is going to show you some personnel come to Jesus conversation. Niners are too physical and injuries will mount by December. Okay. What round was Opeta drafted in? Can you guys tell me that? What round was he drafted in? Watch this.
He's a UDFA. Hold on. He's a UDFA. That's why Tyler Steen and Jurgens got the look first because they were drafted. They fell into this. They looked up and went, holy shit. We have another Jordan Mulata. Look at what you have in that old line, how it's been built. Isn't like Jason a six-rounder? You got a seventh-rounder in Mulata, a first-rounder in Lane, a second-rounder in Landon, and a UDFA, and these guys are all as good as one another? Fuck. Dude. Holy shit, is Jeff Stoutland. He's going to go down with Alex Gibb as one of the greatest offensive linemen in pro football history. That is unbelievable. He's 27. See, you got to remember something. When you're an old lineman, you can play until you're 37. And get this. So say he plays there the next seven years. Then you have Steen and Jurgens waiting in the wings to take the rifle positions at center and potentially right tackle. Hey, the Philadelphia Eagles are in good hands with Jeff Stoutland. He's the most important coach in your coaching staff, including the head coach. Wow. Well, hey, as of right now, watch this. The move to move off of uh, Miles Sanders has been the correct one. The move to move off of TJ Edwards and Kaiser, I would be willing to do this. How you doing? Tell it like it is. We could take, I am. I would say this, yet to be, yet to be determined. But before I was like, now I'm in this. It's gone more to the center. Well, let's see how it plays out here. The move to move off of Gardner Johnson has not been a good one. Okay? Now I get it. Gardner Johnson's hurt in Detroit, but I'm talking about someone of that ability you don't have there yet. And your cornerback play on bringing Slay back may not have been the right move. Okay. You fell into Opeda now, who's clearly playing as good as anything that Isaac Sayamalo did a year ago. So, in other words, what you've done, you kind of look like the same team as a year ago, but not yet. And I'll explain what I'm talking about. I was asked this question by a hundred people today. You think the 49ers are better than the Eagles. I'm going to tell you here in a second. First, I want to look at that Niner game and what the Niners did to the Cowboys. Yesterday, Miles Sanders had seven carries, 32 yards, and a fumble. Panthers 0-5. 
with the while the Eagles are five and zero. Keep in mind the Panthers paid him big money. Yeah, twenty three million dollars over three years, about six and a half million a clip. This guy's making a million and a half on a on his lap. The problem is you're going to lose Swift. That'll be the problem. You're going to lose him in the offseason. But here, let's go here. 49ers held the Cowboys eight first downs. Look at this. The 49ers did to the Cowboys what you did to the Rams. 67 plays. They held the Dallas Cowboys to 49 plays. 251 to 140 in passing. Total yards, 421 to 197. This is a complete ass beating. 170 rushing to 57. Rushing attempts, 41. They played eagle ball. Turnovers, four for the Cowboys, one for the Niners. What was your time of possession versus the Rams? Versus the Cowboys, they had 37.05. You guys had 37.55 versus the Rams. Still got the Cowboys winning the NFC. Thanks for reminding me and holding me accountable. I'll tell you that here in a minute. Brock Purdy, 17 to 24, 252, four touchdowns, 144.4 rating. Jesus. Okay, this guy's a leading candidate for the MVP. He's a leading candidate right now in the NFL for the MVP award. Nobody's playing better. And he makes 900 grand. Dak, 14 to 24, 153, one TD, three picks, 51-6 rating. George Kittle, three catches, he had like a Goddard game, three TDs. Dak Prescott makes $49 million. Today, 49ers are playing better ball. Watch this. And I want you to listen to my words when I say them. Today. Okay, today. The 49ers are playing better ball because they've played more consistent ball than you. Are they a better roster? Maybe. The quarterback conversation's closer now. And you know what's crazy about some of you out here? Why can't Brock Purdy do the same thing that Jalen Hurts has done by winning NFL fans over like Hurts did? Why won't you give him that latitude? Is it because he was the last pair taken and you still have that stigma on him? Or why is it so you give Jalen... On a one year on how he's played, and one game really, and you're crowning him the best, but this kid has never lost a game, and he's playing the best quarterback of anybody in the National Football League. But you won't give him that? Because why? You're Eagle fans. That's fine. But he's on the same ascent that Jalen was on. There's no different. And he didn't get a chance because of a great Eagle play in the NFC title game to prove whether or not he can win another playoff game. 
This guy in his first year won a playoff game. Okay? Well, GMAC goes, the Cowboys are garbage. Well, you know, I think the Rams are good, but they're two and three also. Have you actually beaten a team with a winning record? So when you start saying that, have you guys beaten a team with a winning record yet? Just tell me a team that has a winning record right now that you've beaten. Tampa Bay, okay. So of the five wins, you got one versus Tampa Bay. Okay. Okay. So when you say the Cowboys are garbage, well, I'm, I'm not saying you guys have played world beaters, but I, like I said, I started the program out by saying the Rams are good. Furman goes, Sills, I'm all in on him. We just need a crack at. Hey, listen, here's, here's where I go. And here, let's do this. How many people believe that the 49ers are playing better football than the Eagles right now? Stop it, Sills. Stop moving the goalpost. How many people think that the 49ers are playing better football than the Eagles right now? I can't wait to see this. I do. Wow. However, I'm going to say this to you Eagle fans. That doesn't mean they'll be playing better than you in January. How much more confident are you in Desai's ability to adjust compared to Gannon? Because, hey, I was very encouraged by what I saw in that Rams game. Against Raheem Morris, that was a well-done job. Okay? Here's the thing. 49ers might be playing better ball right now, but here's what's happening. The 49ers are up here right now, right? I don't know if San Francisco could play any better ball. The Eagles are here. You're here at 5-0. and oh. They're here at 5-0. and oh. And they're already there. You're not even near playing enough consistent football for anyone to go like this. I'm more encouraged by Philly than I am about San Fran. I think San Fran's got a hell of a roster. And now that Purdy's looking like Purdy saved Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's ass, I'm completely convinced on that guy. That guy has saved their careers. When this Eagle team starts gelling, none but themselves will stop, and the 49ers are at their peak. That's where I think. I think the 49ers are playing way up here right now. Okay? Kittle, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, all in the last three years. Purdy have had significant injuries that have slowed that thing down. The Eagles being slowed down is by position changes and coordinator changes. Am I right? The Eagles started shaky, but we are continually getting better and better each week. You are. That's my point. It's okay 
that the San Francisco 49ers are playing better than you, that doesn't mean they're better than you. We'll find out week 13. I'll tell you what, I think that's such a well-timed out game. You know why I think that's a well-timed out game? By week 13, barring any kind of significant injuries, I think the Eagle defense and the Eagle offense might be just humming like it was a year ago. And that's going to be a battle of the Titans. That's going to be a battle of the Titans. I mean, you got two. Those are the two best rosters in the league. Those are the two best rosters in the National Football League. Okay? Two best. Hey, and by the way, who gives a shit if they're playing better ball than you now as long as you keep winning? I'll see you week 13. That's what Kelsey was talking about on the sidelines. Kelsey wasn't talking about the Rams. He was talking about us having to get better because we got games coming up that are going to test that medal. And if we're kicking field goals and the 49ers are sticking touchdowns in on you, you're going to lose those games. That's what he was bitching and complaining about. San Francisco is playing as good a football. Um, they look like they're playing January football. Is that a good thing? I don't know. I don't know. I sure would like to have these guys playing like that in January. Maybe they will. You guys went through six months of playing pretty great football. Maybe they could do it too. We'll see. But get this. There's more of an injury history with the Niners than there is in Philly. That's a great one, Ben. Ben said it right. Right there, Tone. Ben, is that sustainable for 17 weeks? I don't know. How many times have we seen teams get into January, all of a sudden catch fire and you go like this, holy shit, that team is really great. Right? All right. My boy Tone's going to join me at 3.30 Eastern. Also, Gary Cobb at 4.30. We're packed this week too, my friends. We are absolutely packed. We got Angelo Cataldi tomorrow. We got Phil Sims tomorrow. Um, we got a boatload of people. Big Sales, that SOB Shanahan is calling the hell out of games and Purdy's balling. Got to give those boys and Purdy credit that December 3rd, 13th matchup is shaping up to be a rumble in the jungle. Got to give him credit. Very good, Prince. Hey, Prince, what a better place to hold a professional prize fight than Lincoln Financial in Philadelphia. Holy shit, man. It's like Rocky. You're going to hold you're going to hold a professional prize fight at Lincoln Financial December 13th. Let's get it on, man. All right. Our good friends at Hooters. Seven locations in the Northeast area. I hope that you guys check it out. Here's our winners too right here. Mike Reyes and Don, congratulations to you. We'll start the process up tomorrow by giving out our gift certificates. Those are our winners for the week here. We'll start it up, go all the way through Friday, and each and every single football Monday, we give you the names of the winners and the 40th anniversary of Hooters. That's right, seven locations in the Northeast area. You're going to love it. If you don't want to go into any one of the places, go to hooters 2 gocom That's hooters 2 gocom 
Try some of the great specials. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, a 40-year tradition, 1983. All you can eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. That's northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. And when you go into any one of the Hooters, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. what's going to happen to the brotherly shove from what I'm being told by our friend, Rich McKay, who's head of the NFL competition committee, just to give you a little bit of a heads up. They're going to change that play because of player safety. You heard me right. They're in fear of player safety. Player safety.
They're not going to try to change the rules. They're going to say it's too dangerous. Tone goes, I'm not buying it, really. <laughs> Tone, of course it's not true. They got to come up with something. They're not, don't you guys get it? Let me tell you who the league is. And once you understand something about the league, then you'll understand how they operate. They never want to have one team have one advantage over another team, no matter what it is, financially, draft-wise, play-wise, scheme-wise. Nobody will ever have – that's why the NFL and everyone were always looking and calling and doing whatever to New England – and saying whatever, because New England was always ahead of the curve and bending the rules. So were the Raiders. The Patriots are just the modern-day Raiders. Okay? So what they're going to do is, they're going to tell you, because here's how you're going to be voted out. By the way, you don't, what, do you think you are going to have support? Do you think you're going to have support with the mayors, with Josh Harris, with Jerry Jones, when they can't stop it? All three teams in the NFC East are going to vote against you. You think the 49ers are going to give you the vote? No. You think the Seahawks are going to give you the vote? No. There won't be one team defend you when that thing comes to a vote in the competition committee. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to come up with all kinds of different ways to show you how dangerous the play is. Quarterback gets his footstep done. You lose your quarterback. They're going to come. And Tone goes, I'm not buying it. Really? (laughs) Of course you're not buying it. Of course you're not buying it. Two things on two coaches before we move on to the 49ers versus the Eagles here. I want to look at both those teams. Um, First, Sean Payton. He's George Seifert. I told you he was. Guy's overrated. He's not who you think he is. I love how everybody wants to see Bill Belichick fired, and yet you guys are giving Sean Payton the benefit. Why? Because you like him more? And because Bill won more and you didn't, and you're jealous of Bill, so it's easy to take shots at Bill's legacy. The reason you don't take as many shots at Sean Payton's legacy is because he barely has one. But you take shots at Belichick's legacy because it's the most sec- it's the most celebrated head coaching uh, resume in NFL history, so you take shots at it. That's why you do it. Because Sean Payton is a fraud. He's a scab fraud. Always has been and always will be a bullshit artist. This guy is not who you think he is. But everyone is like, oh, it's Russell Will. No, it's him. It's him. Jam goes, Shula's better. Shula didn't have to deal with salary cap. You think Bill's not going to have same guys on his football team for a billion years too? Isn't it funny when that WFL came around and took all his players, 
Shula was a mediocre coach too. Then they drafted Marino. Didn't win shit with him either. Axe bro shove and I cancel my NFL subscriptions. (laughs) Wheel, wheel, they're going to do it. They're going to do it, dude. Bill's an effort cheater and spied on you. With what? With what? You won the game. Who cares? Spied on you. (laughs) Holy cow. He spied on you like the Chinese balloon. Did Bill use a Chinese balloon to spy on you for that Super Bowl? How funny, man. I mean, hey, look, I have to go check my spare tire in my car on PSIs. (laughs) Oh, my God almighty. Um, I got to say this before because I know everyone, there's a lot of people in Miami now waiting for me to say something about Mario Cristobal. And I'll say it very carefully here, just as I did on my Twitter page. I 1,000%, 1 million percent defend Mario Cristobal. And I know it was a colossal coaching decision. I talked to him, by the way, just to show you. I'm not even doing anything here. But um, just on my – Mario's on my phone. We talked. Oh, yeah, Seth Joyner's going to join us too this week. Okay? Right there, Mario. Me and him had a conversation. We are not changing coaches out in every single second so that we can look like the Cleveland Browns. We want stability at the coaching position. He is a great recruiter. Every single coach has a mistake. And I will say one more time to you about this. What happened when Jimmy Johnson didn't have coaches in the booth on the Flutie Pass? We had no defense run. We had no coaches telling us what to run. Everyone's on the field going, what's the defense? What's the defense? Hike! Touchdown. How about the 31-point comeback by Maryland? Do you blame Jimmy there? Or how about the Fiesta Bowl? Six first downs we surrender, seven turnovers, and we lose. Happens. Shit happens. Shit happens. JM goes, Jimmy was an idiot too. He's in the Hall of Fame, college and pro. How about Pete Carroll? How about Pete Carroll? So Pete Carroll goes for it on fourth down in the national title game against Texas. They don't get it. Vince Young goes down the field and beats them. They don't throw the ball in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. INT, he loses it. Would you consider those things shitty coaching moves? Happens. You can't keep moving people in and out. I like how people do that. Well, let's fire them. 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 All you have is a conveyor belt of people being fired. Isn't it? Doesn't it? The Steelers have had three coaches in 60 years. Three. Don't get it. Nobody will ever understand that. I'm not firing that guy. That's not happening. Trying to win a championship. Players push on all plays, but they're going to take it away. Sean Payton, miracle in Minnesota. <laughs> he, 
Sean Payton. Hey, hey, Bear, they're going to take the play away because they're going to say it's unsafe. Okay? It's unsafe. They're going to come up with some sort of concussion thing or instead of just the fact that the Eagles have an unfair advantage because the quarterback knows how to run it. You know what's crazy? Brady ran that play for 100,000 years. He leaves the sport. The Eagles pick it up and do it. All of a sudden, now it's illegal. Didn't Brady use that fourth and one play? Wasn't that a Tom Brady staple going forward on fourth down when he was like that quarterback sneak? I wouldn't consider him some sort of like monster. But it was okay for Brady, right? Wasn't it okay for Tom? I mean, how many times did we see that in the game, Tom do that on fourth down? Like fourth and one, right? And all of a sudden now, because the Eagles have it, it's all of a sudden illegal. Okay? I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Brady wasn't pushed. Well, then, well, Brady wasn't pushed? Maybe not. I know. Green's right. How stupid. Every play's dangerous. <laughs> it's right. That's why when Tone goes like this, I'm not buying it. Really? <laughs> hey, Tone, what aren't you buying? <laughs> what aren't you buying? That the play... For them to cancel it because they're saying that it's it, it, players can get injured. Really? <laughs> hey, dude, I could walk. I could be blocking on an extra point, and that's just as dangerous. Yeah, that's the new word. That's the new thing. They're not going to try to go like this. You can't push from behind, or they're just going to they're going to outlaw because they're going to go like this. There's too much of a chance for concussion and injury. And you're like, I don't remember anybody on the Eagles getting hurt in that play. I don't even remember anybody around the league getting hurt on that play. Oh, Mahomes, they'll use the Mahomes thing. Because Mahomes, did Mahomes get hurt on that play? It was like a fourth and one, right? He got hurt on that. Holy, oh my God. Can you imagine Vandy Reed's part of the whole thing? Or uh, Yeah, him and everybody else teaming up against. Because, dude, it, to me, it's like the sky hook. It's like the sky hook, right? I mean, it's undefensible. All right, let's bring my guy Tone in and get his thoughts. We call it the segment. And he's done. Big sales. Catch him on weekends, too. How you doing, my friend? How you feeling, sir? Good to see you. All good. All right. How, how about the new um, conversation now to take the brotherly shove away? They're going to try to outlaw it because they want to throw the injury, the injury factor in it. Wow, the NFL cares about injuries. That's... That's a that, that's a conversation right there, right? You know, <laughs> let's forget about the other 70 plays that are ran in a football game, right? Let's just focus on the quarterback sneak. The quarterback sneak is a tried and true formula in the NFL. It's been around for decades, right? It's been around for well over half a century. It's a quarterback sneak, right? And let's be totally honest with this. You know, we've seen so many plays where, you know, the running back has the ball, right? And he's running downfield. He breaks a couple of tackles. And then, he, then he gets into a stalemate with a few defenders. And all of a sudden, you see offensive linemen pushing him over. You know what I mean? So what's the difference between it happening at the line of scrimmage versus it happening in the open field? I don't understand it, but it's okay, though. It's because we're Philadelphia, and we're used to being the most hated. But it's all right. I actually love that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry, but I actually love that badge when you're the most hated. I don't know. I love it, too. It's I love probably it, man. something to do with Big Sills here. Let me 
Yes, sir. Let me get your takeaways. I'm not going to pollute the question to you, so yes, I'll just ask you flat out, what were your takeaways from Sunday's game? First and foremost, Jalen Hurts, hell of a performance, super proud of him. I said he was going to have a big game, and he did just that. It didn't look exactly how I predicted it would, but still, over 300 yards passing, uh, two, uh, two total touchdowns, one passing, one rushing, uh, over 70 rushing yards, uh, 15 attempts. Uh, outside of that one interception, I think there was some miscommunication there. I think I think Jalen Hurts was anticipating a back shoulder situation, whereas low A.J. Brown wanted to come over the top. So I think there was just, just a bit of miscommunication on that throw. But still, Jalen Hurts was sensational. Uh, Brian Johnson called his best game of the season. He seemed like he had full command of what he wanted to do. And you saw how good this offense looked when you actually utilize the weapons that you have at your disposal. I felt like Brian Johnson used his entire deck of cards, right? He hit Dallas Goddard. He hit DeAndre Swift. He even threw the ball to Jack Stoll. Um, obviously, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, you know, it wasn't his day, but it's okay. It's the NFL. Things like that happen. Um, but overall, I feel like Brian Johnson had full command of all his pitches. Um, Sean Desai, man, wow. First half was brutal. I'll admit, I, I, when I saw that first half and I saw and I, and I saw Cooper Cup doing his thing, I got I got nervous right away, and I thought this game was going to be in the 30s, maybe the 40s, the way the way these teams were, you know, shooting the ball up. But man, uh, Sean Desai second half came out, made some adjustments. You saw in that first half, he was trying to throw every single slot corner they had on the roster at Cooper Cup. They threw Eli Ricks on him. They threw uh, Mario Goodrich on them. You know, uh, they tried to throw a safety on him and, uh, and Josh Evans. And then finally, they found some consistency with Bradley Roby, the new guy they brought in. And you saw Bradley Roby essentially shut him down in the second half. Sean Desai made some great adjustments. And pressure. Don't get me started on the pressure, man. Hassan Reddick and Jalen Carter, those two are the home run hitters he on the defense side. He brought pressure, though, too. With, yep. but I, he was blitzing more. You saw creativity with the blitzes, right? That's the difference between a year ago and this year is that Gannon's not making that in-game adjustment like that. They would have went status quo tone. Instead, what did he do? He tried to mix and match the personnel in the secondary to try to find the best fit. And mm -hmm. then on top of that, he said, well, I'm not just going to sit back here and allow Stafford to pitch and catch with Coop all day long. We've got to do something drastically different. He put his balls on the table. He yeah. rolled it and said this, let's go get this guy. And what that did was it freaked Carter up. You started seeing, hey, dude, that first series that the Rams had, I mean, they dumped Matthews on his head. Yeah, there was there was a moment. Well, you know what? Stan on showing the side really quickly, right? His ability to make adjustments and his ability to take risks or his willingness to take risks. What stood out to me about that was, it's a complete contrast from the way Jonathan Gannon called games in Philadelphia. It seemed like Jonathan Gannon was always thinking about the next job, right? He was always thinking about how people, how people saw him or, uh, you know, how, you know, how he would get criticized about his play calling. It seemed like he always just relied too heavily on it. Hey, this is what we run. No matter the situation, I'm not adjusting. Eventually they're going to make a mistake. Sean decides says, no, forget that. Okay. What we're doing right now is not working. Let's, let's tweak some things. Let's move some people around. Let's send more pressure. Let's get creative with the blitzes. Let's try to do whatever we can to make this quarterback or this offense uncomfortable. Sure, decide coach is like a guy who doesn't care about what's going to happen a week or two or even a year from now when it comes to his career. He's coaching for today. And I actually like the way he's calling games. He's getting better, and he's beginning to understand and master his personnel a lot more. Man, Opeta to me was – Opeta. He was 
the second most impressive player on the field yeah. because of the circumstances that he was in and who he was on. And I'm telling you, when you make Aaron Donald a non-factor and you're a UDFA, Hoss, I, I, everything about that guy I love. I want that guy on the Eagles for the next decade. That is such a wonderful performance that will give him nothing but confidence moving forward. He's your starting right guard now. I mean, I'm not pulling that guy out of there. How do you pull a guy out of there who just kicked the shit out of Aaron Donald and put a guy in who's been playing suspect ball when he comes back off the IR? Tone, I ain't doing it, man. The whole offense even looked better with him in there. Yeah, here's the thing about Suwell Petter, right? He is in a contract year. Uh, so uh, right wow. now, he's, right, yeah, right now he has a base salary of uh, one million, uh, hundred seventy-five thousand of uh, signing bonus. So total contract. As a matter of fact, yeah, he has he has a total contract of one million four hundred twenty-five thousand. So he's in a contract year. This is going to be interesting because I'm curious to see if the Philadelphia Eagles can find a way to keep him on the roster. I don't know if he because he's going to have a large with Cam Jurgens being on IR. This is the perfect situation for him to showcase his talent. These next four games, he's already off to a great start. You shut down Aaron Donald. And on top of that, it was plenty of situations where he was left on an island. Sue Opeta is going to be able to write his own ticket if he manages to stay healthy and he continues to thrive in this four to five game sample size that he's going to be afforded with Cam Jurgens being out. So who knows what may happen? But overall, Sue Opeta, man. A man was on a mission. I, I, I got to give him credit. The pass blocking was sensational. Uh, run blocking was sensational. The team only gave up one block. That, I'm sorry. Uh, the team only gave up one sack, the least amount of sacks they gave up all year in a single game. How about this? So, at, and, and not to get too far ahead here, Yeah. but at the end of the year, DeAndre Swift is improved, and in, he's increased his value. This kid Opeta may be increasing his value. You're talking about two players right Nicholas now. Nicholas Morrow increasing his value Nicholas at linebacker. Morrow to Zach, Zach Cunningham, Cunningham increasing his value. Yeah, these guys are all showcasing right now the ability for other teams to take a look at him and put for Opeta being able to put. Get this. So when I go into free agency in the offseason tone, the tape that personnel people are going to look at is me killing Aaron Donald. You're going to make some money, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the fact of the matter is he's with, with offensive linemen. I'm a firm believer that offensive linemen aren't at their best earlier in their careers. I think 30. offensive linemen, when they hit like 29, 30, 31, they're in, they're in the prime of their careers. You know, because ultimately, and on, on top of that, Sue Opeta doesn't have that many miles on his, on, you know, on his body. So when you put it from that perspective, Sue Opeta can really make some big money in his offseason. And I think uh, he's going to be 20. He's 27 right now. So by the time the next offseason comes, I think he'll still be 27. He may be able to score a three-year deal from another organization, maybe a three- or four-year deal. You never know, man. Sue Opeta, he's, he has, he has a big dollars. Yeah, he, he has a big opportunity. It's so funny. Jason Kelsey talked about it, um, I think, last season. He said, listen, Sue Opeta, he's like a, uh, he, he's like a Tesla stock. Buy early. <laughs> he was he he was dead on with him how about the way we're seeing deandre swift becoming more and more part of not just the offense but the passing and running yeah. i looked at these stats here and and when you get this kind of performance here tone and you're talking about a guy who goes this is perfect here 
15 care, 17 carries, 70 yards, six catches for 40 yards. You get that performance out of him. He's going to be 1,500 yards in total offense from the line of scrimmage. That is such a major because you have to, you can you when you defended Miles, it was a one deal way of defending him. The run. When this guy's on the field, he may catch a screen pass. He may catch a middle screen. He may throw him the ball. He's going to run in between the tackles. That is a very difficult guy. He's kind of like he's Christian McCaffrey 2.0 kind of deal. Yeah, the thing about what happened yesterday, you saw Brian Johnson again. He used every weapon that he had in the toolbox for the first time for the first game all season. You felt like everybody. Well, let me let me let me word it this way: for the first time all season, the defense, the defensive coordinator that they, that they were going up against, had to defend every player and had to, and had to defend every blade of grass. You know, DeAndre Swift was a threat. And that's the kind of game you really want from him. Of course, DeAndre Swift had amazing games with 170 rushing yards, you know, the 130-yard game. That's cool. But what you really want from DeAndre Swift, you want 80, 90 rushing yards. You want yeah. you want 40, 50 receiving yards. You want him to be a, a weapon. You don't want him to be a running back. You want him to be a weapon. And you saw Brian Johnson incorporating him much more in the passing game than he has in the past. Um, you saw you, you saw him lining up as a wide receiver. You saw him running in the flat. You saw him doing all kinds of things and running all types of variations of uh, the RPO and and in the run game. He he, he was just a weapon yesterday with a uh, hundred yards of total offense from scrimmage. He was just he was just sensational, man. Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, those dudes. You had three guys on offense with over a hundred yards of, of of production. Think about that. And I, I, I understand mean, that it was that, that's it, it, the first time was, all season. It was sensational. And here, I said this earlier about um, DeAndre uh, Smith, uh, Devontae Smith. Um, to me, it was a moment. It's not behavior. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not worried about him at all. I'm not. But I don't need Nick coming over and putting uh, love tops and hugs and shit on the sideline to – I mean, I, again, I'm not even blaming – I'm not really even on Nick for that. I'm just saying that, get this, they're professionals. They understand yeah. that. And to me, I just, I mean, it's not about your feelings and shit like that. Your quarterback knows that. Everyone has to know that. And so for me, I thought it was just a moment. He's not a behavior issue. He's not, and I'm not even suggesting that. I'm just saying that kind of shocked me a little bit there, that that little moment there on the sidelines to say, hey, don't worry, you'll get yours. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, you're winning um, a ball game here. He had a similar moment um, in 2021, but obviously the context is significantly different. They were losing that game to the New York Giants, and he wanted the ball to come to him instead of going to Jalen Rager, and we all know how that game ended. But, um, well, you know, I I'll be honest with you. I actually liked the way Nick Sirianni handled himself on the sideline. I didn't I didn't see him, you know, consoling uh, Devontae. I didn't see that, but I have been hearing people talk about that. Um, but I actually liked how Nick Sirianni handled himself on the sideline uh, yesterday because, uh, for example, you saw Quez Watkins uh, catch a bubble screen. You saw Olamide Zacchaeus, and you saw Devontae Smith give him two perfect blocks. They gave him an alleyway to get through. All he had to do was run through, uh, run through it. What does he do? He runs to the outside and, and runs to the boundary, and then it ends up being a loss when it could have been maybe a five-yard game for the first down. I think it was 31, 32. Yeah. All he had to do was just run run through the alleyway, but he got scared. You stick your my, head in there. Right. My point of bringing that up is when that, when that play happened, Nick Sirianni threw his headset and he was furious. So 
my point in bringing all that up is Nick Sirianni and Jason Kelsey, they understand what's on the horizon. You cannot, even with the interception by Jalen, he ripped him too. They understand. They have the Dolphins coming up. They got the Bills coming up, the Chiefs, the Cowboys. You know, the road is only going to get tougher, and they cannot afford to miss opportunities like that when they know they have the talent and their repertoire and their weaponry to be able to get things done, especially things like that. They can't afford to have people who scared out there to get touched. They know what's at stake here. So I'm actually – I actually was pretty pleased with how Nick Sirianni held them accountable all throughout that game. The play of Jalen Carter is just getting better and better and better each and every single week. I'll tell you what, Quentin Williams, uh, Dexter up Lawrence, in yeah. New York with the with the Giants. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple other guys around the league that you could say, but I'm going to say this to you, man. I mean, I, I, I've seen very few defensive tackles this year have the same kind of impact that he has, and I'm not just talking about a rookie. I'm just talking about an interior. You know, the guy in uh, Washington – it's pretty good. Oh, Allen and uh, Montez uh, Sweat. Uh, Allen and uh, it, was, it was Jonathan Allen, Panic on Montez Sweat. Oh, on yeah, Payne, that's right. Yeah. And them dudes. But I don't think I've seen a better guy in the first month in a game now that has played better defensive tackle. I mean, this guy might be playing all pro football right now. No, you're absolutely right. Here's the thing, Jalen Carter. Five games played, 12 total tackles, seven solo, five assisted, three and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. You keep that pace up, he's going to be the pro bowler. The dude is honestly a freak of nature. I mean, I, I can't remember a defensive tackle that we've seen make this kind of impact so fast. And I, you know, what, what what stood out to me the most about his performance yesterday was, you know, the context that surrounded it. Right? You know, he's been he's been compared to Aaron Donald all season, right? And he and he finally gets his opportunity to compare his game to his in that matchup. And what does Aaron Donald do? He's a non-factor. What does Jalen Carter do? He gives you two sacks. And on top of that, Fletcher Cox was out. So that told me he always understands the assignment and he knows how to elevate his game when his team needs him most. Let me move off that game. What would you think of that Dallas Cowboys ass beat and that shellacking? I mean, 42 to 10. Let me say this to you too, Tom. When you get a beating like that and it was a high um, advertised game and it was a moment for Dallas, that's exactly right there, the moments you and I and everyone around the country Talk about with Dallas. You've got to win games like that. If you're going to be a true contender, how about this, Tone? I would have been more in line to stay with Dallas as a true contender for the Super Bowl if it was 27-26. Yeah, but when it, was, it wasn't your, competitive. When you, Right, the game wasn't competitive. It was maybe the first seven, eight minutes. After that, San Francisco – just stepped on the gas, and then they stepped on their throat. I watched that game from beginning to end uh, with my wife, right? And, you know, we, you know, everyone's been talking up this game for the past few weeks. Everyone's been looking forward to this game. And I've, I've even talked about it, right? I'm sitting there watching the game with my wife and not – and, and, and when it comes to football, we watch it together, you know, you know, when she can. I lied to you not. We're sitting there watching this game, and she looks at me like – why the hell are we watching this? Like, what's going on? Like, didn't you didn't you say this is supposed to be the best game of the day? Or like, yeah. didn't you like like did like didn't you didn't you guys like hype this game up? And I'm I'm oh, looking yeah. at it like I have no idea what I'm watching right now. The Cowboys look like a shell of themselves. We are who we thought they were, and I tell people all the time: let the Cowboys, you know, build them up. 
prop them up. Say they're going to win this. Say they're going to win that. I want all the betters to put all their money on the Cowboys. You want to know why? Because when it matters most, they will always fail. The thing that still stood out to me the most, they had 197 yards of total offense compared to the 49ers, 421 total yards of offense. That was pure domination. I'm watching. And again, I watched the game from beginning, middle and end. I even watched the damn halftime show. And that kind of sucked a little bit. Yeah. My point is. They looked like they were it looked like an arena football team versus Alabama or something. Yeah. Like it, it, it just looked like they didn't belong in the NFL. They didn't belong on that field. They didn't belong to they, they shouldn't have been breathing the same air. Honestly, if I was the Dallas Cowboys, I would have made Dak Prescott fly economy that night. He's not getting on the team playing. He's flying economy. Mike McCarthy, you're catching the bus. How about uh, Dan, Parsons? Michael Parsons, non factor. First me, of all, hey, hey, why do you put him on Trent Williams? That is that is Let asinine. Let me let me let me stop you here and say this. Do you really think? And I and get this. I never thought I would ask this. Do you really think Michael Parsons is better than Hassan Reddick? I'm taking Hassan Reddick because he comes up in big spots. Now, obviously, Hassan Reddick, you know, he's he's limited in the run game. But I will say this though: when you think about the way this team is defending the run this year versus last year, Hassan Reddick is still in the field. So. It seems like Hassan Reddick understands his role and him playing next to those guys like Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and those linebackers, it allows him to play better in the run game. But I think I think Hassan Reddick has actually been playing very well in defending the run this year. Um, Michael Parsons, he, he's I, not I, physical. He, he was he was a non-factor. He, he's I, not physical. They ran at him and he looked average. I was like this. I was when they ran at him, I was like, I gotta tell you, man. If anyone ever makes that comparison again to Lawrence Taylor, they got to stop. He, you need to Brock Purdy's jersey, jersey was so clean. So Brock Purdy's jersey was so clean. He could have wore it the following week. He could have wore it to a wedding. I'm telling you, <laughs> hey, he is so, oh, you know what? He may not be overrated, but he is so overhyped yeah. that it, he's the most overhyped player in the league. You know what okay. pissed me off about him yesterday the most? But really quickly, so before you continue, you know what pissed me off the most about him? Your team just got beat. They got smoked 42 to 10. After that game, you know what he did? Him, him and Christian McCaffrey met at the middle of the field and they swapped jerseys. They took their pictures and shit. Y'all taking pictures after you got your ass whooped like that. You allowed a team to put up more points on you in one game than they did all season and all your other games combined. You're in the middle of the field taking pictures and, and swapping jerseys after your team just got smoked like that? Y'all supposed to be this generational defense. I don't see it. We don't believe you. Jam Come tone. on, man. Damn, Tone. You youngsters today, man. I, <laughs> I don't get it. Hey, I don't no subscribe. way in hell. I don't subscribe to that kind of shit. That's like getting my – listen, Sills, that's like, that's like me – no way. Getting my ass, that's like me getting my ass beat in the street and then sending my abuser a postcard and an edible arrangement. Are you serious? Yeah, no. We, 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 we got to stop this jersey swapping culture, man. Like, they just smacked you. I, thought, you were gonna, I thought he was going to give him a fruit basket. Man, I was like, I, I, him... I was really, really. Uh, hey, is it time for Dallas to move off of Prescott? I got a better question for you. Has that defense lost faith in Dak, in Dak Prescott? Has that well, I'll tell you what, if I'm Dak Prescott, I don't have too much faith in that defense after what I just saw with 40 points getting put on him. You keep talking shit to me and telling me how great you guys are. Well, guess what? Arizona beat the shit out of you. 
and then San Francisco beat the fuck out of you. Bro, so I mean, so hey, it's so bad. <laughs> hey, man. So get this: how many tapes, Tom, can you keep throwing away? Uh, we're not going to watch this tape. We're well, shit, man. You've only played five games. You're throwing two tapes away. You got to start watching something here, man. Exactly. Like that's the thing about Dallas, man. They lack accountability as an organization. Just, just their culture. You know, I, I, you know, I'm on Twitter last night, and I'm just, and I'm just keeping track of Cowboys Twitter. You know, because it was dead silent. You know, you had some people who were like, you know what? We're going to take this on the chin. You know, so I, so I give credit to some Cowboys fans, but a lot of them, man. Oh my God, they were nowhere to be found. And they were talking all this smack, and they were supposed to be the contenders. And the Philly Godfather put all his money on the, on the Dallas Cowboys. I can't wait till Friday, sis. Oh man, I can't wait till Friday. You guys are gonna abuse him on Friday. And man. I like Godfather. I like him. Say personal, but listen, he's been talking about these Dallas Cowboys all year. He's three and two. And here's the most important thing about what happened yesterday, right? The Philadelphia Eagles are five and zero. They've been taking care of business, even though they've been struggling. But the Dallas Cowboys now they fall to three and two. The Eagles have a two-game lead. These are the moments that I appreciate about the Philadelphia Eagles and them taking advantage of opportunity. You know if you win this game and Dallas loses, you create more distance. Now you create room for error. Not that we want it to happen, but you create room for error. You create flexibility for yourself later on in the season, and you force Dallas to become desperate. So I'm really proud of this Eagles team. I'm I'm disappointed in the Dallas Cowboys. Disappointed because I got I actually respect the Dallas Cowboys. But I'm disappointed in the way they showed up in that game. They looked like they didn't belong to breathe the same air. Absolutely not. They were manhandled there. Now I'll ask you for another week. Are you buying Purdy? You got to respect that, man. We got to respect that. Man. 144 rating. Listen, we got to respect that, man, because at, at, at the end of the day, right? Four touchdowns, day, no picks. Because, you know, a, 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 lot of people, a lot of people say, well, you know, they didn't give Jalen Hurst the benefit of the doubt, right? And my thing is, I don't know. About They're not giving people, him the benefit. But I, but but I did right. So my point is like, with Jim, when it came to Jalen Hurts, I, I I was all in on Jalen Hurts, right? I was all in. So I don't know about these other people, but I was all in. I'm looking at Brock Purdy, and I saw every throw he made, and he throws a good ball, man. You got to give credit where credit is due. He throws a good ball. He runs that offense to perfection. That team um, also he he he's, he's surrounded by such an amazing cast. And I'm not saying that to take anything away from him, but. He's doing everything he has to do to put that team in position to win. Look, man, you got to get credit where credit is due. We all watch football, man. He throws a he, he throws a good ball, man. You know why he, he looks better than Hurts right now? Can I tell you he why? He throws a good ball. No, there's more tape on Jalen, and they're able to defend oh, yeah, 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 Jalen. Yeah, yeah. They haven't they haven't seen a full season with that guy yet. He in his career, how many games has he played? Eleven. 12, something like, something that. like yeah, that. I think I think 11, 12. He's yeah, not even yeah. played a full NFL season, so right. you really don't have a yet. ton of tape on his ass right now, and you're mm -hmm. still kind of figuring out, can he take internal pressure? Does he take blindside pressure? How does he do with this? Hey, is he great? Maybe we could confuse him on crossing routes and passing receivers. You're still figuring him out. Jalen's weeding through the second level now. Remember when always right. they say this, this, the sophomore slump? Well, Hertz doesn't have a sophomore slump. What's going on? Because you know why he doesn't have a sophomore slump? That completion percentage is still hanging around 67%. If he was down in the low 60s, then you're going, well, there's an accuracy issue going on. Maybe he was a one-year guy. But he's still hanging around being accurate, which means defenses are throwing different shit at him right now. That's right. why he's, he's working through the next level, getting better and adjusting to what 
they're doing now. That's the first time I saw the quarterback do it, the coordinators do it in one half. I thought that that game that they played – and by the way, I think the Rams are good. I I think they're going to win some ball games this year. You know, here's the one thing about Brock Purdy that we we haven't really seen yet. You know, what happens when everything isn't working around you? You know, what what happens when the defense isn't having their best day? What happens when, you know, Debo isn't having his best day? You know, I mean, they're so talented, right? So someone's going to show up. But, you know, what happens when, you know, you know, the monster meets a bigger monster? Oh yeah. So so I'm I'm curious to see how he battles adversity because I don't believe he's faced any adversity yet. Jalen Hurts has right. He's battled he's battled adversity uh, throughout the beginning of this season. Um, he battled adversity in that 2021 season. Don't I'm you curious- think being the last player drafted and having people doubt you every week is adversity too? That's off the field adversity, in my opinion. Um, you don't think but- there's some doubters in the building? You mean in the 49ers organization? Yeah. No, because they need him to win. So I don't hold so they're desperate for him to win <laughs> because of Trey Lance. Exactly. They okay. need him to work. They made him the captain and everything. You mean they're praying for him to work. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, again, like I'm you know, when when I say adversity, right? You know, I'm talking about, you know, losing a coordinator or um uh, an offensive lineman is down, your defense isn't getting any stops. Can he Will can he will you to a win right now? Again, he's throwing the ball and he and he looks he looks good. I'm not taking nothing away from him, but what does he look like when he has to will them to a win? I've seen Jalen Hurts will the Eagles to many wins. You know the Indianapolis Colts game, uh, that Washington game that just passed. Um, pretty much every game this year, Hurts has pretty much had to will this team because they've been trying to work out all the kinks. I'm not again. I respect Brock Purdy's game, and he's doing everything he has to do in, in his situation, and it, it looks spectacular. They look unbeatable. But we need to see what happens when iron meets iron, what happens when the fire meets the fire, okay? And that's what I'm waiting on. I need to – I, I want to see what happens when he's getting beat up, and he still has to – he has to dig deep. It still looks like he's just doing he, – he's just doing his job right now. But I don't see the, the rough edges yet. Finally here, I'm going to say this to you, and I probably wouldn't have said this if I hadn't seen it for myself. You know, I watched the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game, and then I watched Hurts against the Rams. I'm totally convinced now. Hurts is better than Lamar. Okay, what what, what convinced – okay, I'm glad you brought that up because that's an interesting talk. What convinced you – what did you see in that Ravens-Steelers game – that led you to say, okay, Hurts may have passed this guy. What what's, what did you see specifically? Because I watched that game too. When Jalen got to the sideline one time, and here, here did some obscure plays that most people won't realize. So Jalen is sprinting to his right from left to right, and he's running out of bounds, but he made sure he got outside of the box to throw the ball away right. so he wouldn't have intentional grounding. Lamar Jackson threw the ball down the field, middle of the field, not knowing that that, that being that's being called right now for I don't like it, but, but I don't like it. But I don't like the now. rule either. But the, but Jalen knows where he is on the field at all times. And then the other thing that makes me say that is because he's just more accurate. He's just I mean, if you look at Lamar right now, Lamar hangs around for his career at around 62, 61. Tell me if I'm, maybe he's increased that with Munkin 
I don't know if he's increased that number on completion percentage, but for his career, he's hung around 62, 63. So, yeah, so for this season, for this season in particular, he is completing 69% of his passes. He's completing 69.9. You might as well say 70%. So okay. this year, this year he's completing 70% of his passes. That's um, great. Last year, he was completing 62%. So it, it it's jumped significantly. Okay. But I he was think- very inaccurate, though, in that Steeler game because they were throwing multiple. But then again, you know what? When you play against guys multiple right. times. And that's the, you know what? I'm glad you said that really quickly. Let me let me throw these numbers at you, right? I mentioned he's completing 69, 70%, 70% of his passes. I bet he ain't doing that against the Steelers. Exactly. Listen to this. Week one against Houston, 77%. Uh, week two against Cincinnati, 72%. Uh, week three against the Colts, 71%. Week four against the Browns, 79%. Week five against the Steelers, 57%. I bet you that hangs around that number for his career, too. That was an ugly performance. And granted, it's a divisional game, so I kind of want to give that the credence it deserves. But to go from averaging 70% throughout these first four games and you drop that far, you can't have those kind of games. You just can't. It it, it just seems that Jalen has just better field presence. Dude, that run, when it was 17-14 in the third quarter. He broke their back so many times. And goes up the sidelines. I was like, and and, and how about that one pass that AJ dropped that he threw over his shoulder that he went like this, Tone. He's coming right. The only place you could throw it Mm -hmm. was right there. Both feet were. He couldn't have walked that ball out there and put it in his hands any better. Tell you, man. He had I mean, one pass to Dallas Goddard. Uh, I think it was on the left side of the field. It, it, it was the 50-yard catch by Dallas Goddard, his, uh, the biggest pass of the day, I believe. Dallas, he threw such a beautiful ball to Dallas Goddard. He just dropped it in the breadbasket. Dallas Goddard was able to catch it in stride. That's how you know it's a perfect ball, when a guy can catch it in stride, right? Man, like Hurts, like you said. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It'd be different if the completion percentage had dropped and they were struggling, but no, you're not seeing that. You're seeing the completion percentage still flirting around 66, 67, 68. And, you know, they're just working out the kinks of what they want to do on the field. I think this game 
was the precursor to what's to come. Like you said earlier, right? The 49ers are going crazy right now. But are they're they at, here? Are, are they at risk? Here at five and zero. Oh. They're burning so hot. They're cooking. Oh, yes. at, they're cooking I don't believe it's sustainable. Temperature. I don't know how sustainable. It's, we're only five weeks in. We have yeah. twelve weeks left. I agree. I don't know how how hot that flame can burn. Whereas the now Eagles, the Eagles were that way. The Eagles yeah. were seventeen weeks. They, they burned it. Yeah, they but were. it was lesser. It was versus lesser players. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and the schedule wasn't as hot. And I don't know. See, the 49ers, I don't know what their schedule looks like and what it's ranked and how hot that thing is because the Eagles, again, you know what, you know what's crazy too? Just watching Kelsey, like you said, Tone, Kelsey knows what's coming. And I'm not saying that they're fearing any team, but mm-hmm. what they want to be doing is they want to be ironing out all the kinks and all the shit that they have that they're not good in the red zone, two for six, all that other stuff. They want that stuff rectified. Going into those Bills games. Listen to this Listen to this schedule for the 49ers. This schedule isn't anywhere near what the Eagles are doing right now. But like, like think about this schedule. They can they may go undefeated. If they beat Philly. The, listen, they got Cleveland in week six. Wow. Week seven, week seven, they got Minnesota. Week eight, Cincinnati. Then they got the bye week in week nine. Then they got Jacksonville, week 10, week 11, Tampa Bay, week 12, Seattle, week 13, Philadelphia, week 14, Seattle, week 15, Arizona, week 16, Baltimore, week 17, Washington, week 18, the Rams. The way they they they, they can really go 16 and one. Yeah. They they can really go 16 and Who one. Who they losing to? Just oh, you, know, you, you know who they're losing to. <laughs> <laughs> you know who they're losing to. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, okay. I'll just, all right. No, I'll just, yeah, because I heard 16 and one there. Yeah, oh, you okay. know. You so, know, because okay, yeah, well, it's at the link, right? It's at the link, baby. Listen, man, it's a two, it's a two horse race, and this is going to be a clash of the titans. Like, I'm so looking forward to this matchup. The, like, December we're on the 13th, right? We're on, we're on a collision course. December we're on a 13th. Collision course. Uh, December 13th. Uh, let me see. Uh, the game is uh, December 3rd. December 3rd. December 3rd. December 3rd. Yep. Four o'clock oh, game. Man, hey, this is going to be a great one. Tone, great stuff as always, my friend. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, Big Sills. It's always fun. You always, man. That's called the segment. Don't forget at 4.30 Eastern time, our good friend Gary Cobb from Fox 29 will give his spin on what he also saw in that game on Sunday. Our friends at Hooters, got to tell you one more time, man. 40th anniversary, fantastic stuff for all of us here. Today, our winners, Mike and Don, congratulations to you. We announce our winners each and every single football Monday, Tuesday through Friday. We give you an opportunity to register to win some gift certificates and some merchandise. Very easy to do. Also, the 40th anniversary, I say this to you, man, with great pride. It's the official sponsor of the National Football Show with Big Sills here. If you don't want to go into any one of the locations, go to Hooters2Go.com. Absolutely great. Look for one of the Northeast seven locations nearest you at NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com. And when you roll into any one of the places, tell them Big Sills sent you. Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Fred Warner's the best football player um, at linebacker the San Francisco 49ers have ever had. He he is absolutely the best middle linebacker that franchise ever had. Um, Keena Turner, I'm trying to think of some linebackers. Not a real legendary group of linebackers that they've had there um, in San Francisco, but he is the best. He's a, I mean, he's a superstar ball player. Patrick Willis. Yeah, Patrick Willis. Fred Warner's a stud, though, man. Wow. Can he play sideline to sideline, interceptions, knocking guys out? What a football player. They've got a bunch of studs, man. And hey, I'm going to make this point to you here also. By the way, Gary Cobb, bottom of the hour. Um, make no mistake about it. Jalen Carter. The way he's playing right now, Jalen Carter's got to be playing pro. Like, he could be your all-pro defensive tackle right now. Okay? Romanowski, I think Fred Warner's better. And you know me. I like him. I love uh, Romo. Romo and I are friends. But, um, oh, by the way, I had someone ask me, Jalen Jalen Hurts needs a nickname. We need to get this guy a nickname. He needs a nickname. You know, concrete would be good, but it's taken already because of the way he runs that brotherly shove. He needs, he needs, Jalen Hurts needs a nickname. We need to get him. We need to get him a um, cool breeze. 
Jalen Tush push hurts. Nah. No, no, no. Okay. We he he needs a nickname. Josh goes, we've tried, it's hard. Great show. What the F with Miami at the end of the game? Hollywood. A complete disaster. Mario Cristobal has to hold, be held accountable for it. He cost his football team a loss. Not much to be said about it. Okay. Quiet storm. Call him squats. Jalen squats hurts. Eh, sounds like he's doing it too. I don't know, man. Easy money? How about easy money? Jalen easy money. He needs a nickname. Okay? The thermometer. Nah. What would be something Philly? Dr. Hertz. <laughs> no. Let's see. Got he's we we gotta get a nickname for him. Jalen the dog. Okay. Silent assassin. Oh, I love shit like that. The system. No. J Dog. <laughs> yeah. Baby Bull. That was a really great performance by him. No question about it. Really a great performance. And again, um, just 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 to reset what we saw. What was the most impressive thing not named Hurts in that game on Sunday? I think you guys are going to be shocked because I ripped it last week. Okay. You know what? Steve goes, he is the system. Yeah, because it's his system. Slip and slide, I like it. Like, watch this. I don't believe anybody in the National Football League. I w- How about this? I wouldn't take any quarterback in the National Football League to replace Brock Birdie. I wouldn't take any quarterback in Philadelphia to replace Jalen Hurts. Are those all fair statements? Would you take any quarterback, any quarterback in the league, hurts the the locker? Would you take any quarterback on those particular ways that they're playing ball? Would you really put Mahomes in that 49er system? I don't know. Would he be any better? I think the problem you have in Kansas City is talent. Okay? All these new offensive systems that we're now seeing in the NFL are being all tailor-made. Jalen Sills hurts. (laughs) Yeah, with a big throw-up bag, right? Philly... Philly for Philly. Sales, do you mean it? Or just for this week? No. I don't think a lot of... Hey, look at what Gardner Minshew is doing right now in um, Indianapolis. They're winning ball games because of Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew couldn't run that offense in Philly. They, they, they're kind of changing that offense for Minshew more in Indianapolis to fit his style. You see they don't... They're not doing the Jalen Hurts offense in Indianapolis... 
when Minshew goes in there. They were doing that in Philly. He couldn't run it. He couldn't run it. That's the difference today between these offensive coordinators, okay, that are different from the old school guys. They're going to look at a particular talent and build an offense around them. That's why you don't see the old school coordinators like John Gruden or, or, or pretty much people like that anymore. Okay, you just don't. Because these guys, like, if you had to get another quarterback, you'd have to get another coordinator, and you'd have to figure out a new system. You'd have to can that whole entire system. Hurricane Hurts, I love that. I love Hurricane Hurts. I do, I, I, I do love that. I do love Hurricane Hurts. All right. 49ers, once again. Versus the Eagles. Are those the two best teams, not only in the NFC, but in the NFL? We'll do our power 10 tomorrow, but who, who can compete against those two just off the top of your head? Miami? Miami's defense is better. I can't wait to watch the Eagles versus some of these good teams coming up. We've got the recipe to beat San Francisco. Turner, they have the recipe to beat you too. They have the offense. That's a great conversation. What's the, what's the pluses and weaknesses for both teams today? Okay, so do you really believe that you could stop Kittle, Ayuk? And Debo Samuel with your secondary. And they've got a good old line. Is Miami physical enough? I don't think so, Tone. I think they're a finesse team. But I think they're a they're they're a strong defensive team. Okay. See, San Francisco has the remedy. It's almost like, get this, what's this? And here's the difference. The Eagles would be running into a really formidable defensive line. If they stop the run, San Francisco's got the advantage because they're better in their back end at every level. Their linebackers and their secondary are better than yours. And they've got one premier defensive end. And you've got a premier defensive tackle. Would I put Jalen Carter into the class yet of Boza and them guys? I can't. It's too soon. But he's trending there. And Hardgrave is playing well. Javon Hardgrave is playing really well. He's playing some really good football. That's, that is an absolute fact. Okay? Hassan Reddick and Jalen Carter versus Nick Boza. And Fred Warner and Huvanga. Like I said, they got pro bowlers at every level. You don't. You don't have pro bowlers at every level. You'll shut their line down? Which line? Their D-line? You really didn't a year ago. Again, I know the score said 31-7. But again, that was because of turnovers on short fields. 
you didn't have a lot of offense against them. And I keep telling you, I get the score. I understand it. But it wasn't like you had your lowest output of the year versus the 49ers. Your lowest offensive output was against San Francisco in the NFC title game. And you beat them because Reddick knocked the quarterback out. It wasn't because you were prolific in the game. You weren't. You weren't putting up bigger numbers like that you had all year. They pretty much shut you guys down. You were working on short fields because of turnovers. And again, that's, your defense was spectacular in that game, that NFC title game. Okay? Because we didn't need to do anything else to win. So in the game that you didn't need to do anything else to win, you had your lowest offensive output. Okay. When the Eagles and Niners face off, there is there any chance Purdy suffers from PTSD when he sees Reddick? <laughs> no. no, that's not going to be the case because Brock Purdy's going to have this call. Here, Tone, here's the call. It's December 2nd. Brock Purdy's room. Hey, this is Christian, your agent. Mm -hmm. You're undefeated. Mm -hmm. If you beat the Philadelphia Eagles on national television, you know that contract that Joe Burrow got? You could put $5 million on it per annually. Yeah. So I don't mean to put any more pressure on you here, but that's a $55 million game. Yeah. Sign-in bonus? Shit. Be about $200 million guaranteed. That's a money game. Sills, did you talk about Miami yet? Dion. Absolutely one of the most horrific coaching decisions I've ever seen in my entire life. Mario Cristobal's got to own it, which he has. Move on to Carolina. Nothing left to be said. We're not firing coaches here. That's not happening. We, we, we can't be every time something goes sideways, you put up the white flag. You got to show some God dang backbone here. You've got to show some commitment. Would you think this was going to be an easy process that it was going to turn on turnover night? It's crazy how people think that shit turns overnight. Isn't it crazy that you can you can get killed in a game and you have a massive fart up like that? And he did. There's no excuses for it. It costs us a game. Sills, what, what game do you see the Eagles losing? That's a good question. I like that. Gary Cobb's going to join us in a couple minutes here. That's a good question. Philadelphia Eagles schedule. Okay, that that's a that's a really good that's a really good question here. Do I see them struggling with the Jets? Not really. When Purdy comes here, my ultimate goal would be to make sure we get off the bat laying a good hit on him. I like that too, Bear. Um, the Jets will be a close for a bit. Your talent is, they got good talent. 
The quarterback is atrocious. This Dolphin game is going to be very interesting. Okay, this Dolphin game. Washington again. They got your number, man. That's going to be a tough ball game. I don't see you losing it, though. Cowboys? How do you guys think you're going to do against the Cowboys? You guys think you're going to sweep them? Do you guys think you're sweeping the Cowboys? You think you're sweeping the Cowboys? Do you think you're sweeping the Cowboys? Split? Split. I think you split too. I think you guys win at home, and I think you lose there. Do you guys really think you go into Kansas City and lose? That's week 11. Do you guys really think you're going to go in there and lose? Go into Kansas City and lose. I don't think you're going to lose to Kansas City. I think you're going to go in there and beat them. I think Kansas City is very beatable. Yeah, but do you have the back end guys that slowed up Mahomes? Man, I don't know about that. But, you know, I mean, they have weapons in Los Angeles. Kansas City doesn't have any weapons. Big Big L goes, KC's built like the Rams. Yeah, but not really. Big L, outside of Travis Kelsey, they just got a bunch of dudes catching the football for them. You know what I mean? They just got a bunch of dudes. The Bills? It's at home. I can't. I, you don't, those London games, man. Bills traveled over there, didn't want to play. You could tell. Ran into a desperate team. Jags played over there. What a shit show for them. Terrible performance by the Bills against the Jags. Jags are a good football team, but that's no excuse. Um. See, a player like Allen is the kryptonite to your defense, but you got to get him on the ground. You know what I'm saying? You got to get him on the ground. You got to get him on the ground. So here, I think you lose Dallas. Maybe that Bills game. I'll just say this to you here. That was the best that Philly has looked all year. And what made that thing, and I before I bring Gary Cobb up, there's no question, that thing was trending for Matthew Stafford to have 375 yards. 
and for Cooper Cup to go for 200 yards. And that's the first time you saw this adjusting with pressure. Something you never saw a year ago. Desai brought pressure. He was changing personnel up in the secondary too, which to me is something Gannon wouldn't do. He's a plug-and-play guy. I felt more comfortable with Sean Desai coming out of that Rams game, especially the second half, than I did at any time last year with Jonathan Gannon. Alex goes, my biggest concern is our O's red zone efficiency. Two for six, got to improve when you get to these better teams. Let's bring Fox 29, Gary Cobb up right now. Uh, Gary, I hope you were listening to me what I said there, but um, I'll tell you what, man, I came away from that game. Before we get to the players and some of the numbers in the game, I came away going like this with Sean Desai and Brian Johnson. Yeah. They didn't they? Uh, Yes, they did. You know, and what you were saying about the adjustments in the second half. Now, going into the game, you know, I mean, I, you know, I was doing our show joking a little bit, but I wasn't really joking when I was saying that, you know, they're going to throw for 400 yards. I mean, if they play like they did, you know, in the previous week, but, but they did make an adjustment, you know, and what it did is it threw the timing off for them. And that's why, you know, you got to change up. You, you can't just, you know, play like uh, I, I really was kind of mad at, at Bradbury. Uh, on that touchdown down by the end zone, immediately goes up in a press, showing them what he's playing. Why do you got to go up right away? You could creep up. So you come up. But he looked over there. He knows he's one-on-one with them. He, he knows right away. That's where he's going with the ball. He sees where the safety is. Okay, the safety can't get there. That's where I'm going. Why are you going to give a guy a re- that clear of a read? Why? Walk up, walk back. He's not sure. Is he up? Is he back? You know, and it seemed like something trivial, but if you ask a quarterback, you know, does he like to look out and guys are just stationary where they are? You know exactly what the what the coverage is? It, it makes things easier for them. And especially with the fact when you do put pressure on them, see, it speeds things up, you know, especially like they had a couple of guys came late on the blitz. It screwed him up. The back is going out. He's not sure. They're coming. They're not. I mean, why are you going to make it easy on the offense? And then sometimes you want to go over and talk to your teammates. Say, hey, what what do you hate? What does the defense do that you hate? They don't like it when they're not sure. The guy looks like he could go. Is he coming? Is he not coming? And, And you know that when a safety times up that blitz right, and now all the blockers have committed. They're not sure, and that guy comes late. So different things like that. I, I you know, I, I hate to see guy just just let the guy know this is what we're in. So Bradbury walked up, and they knew right away that's where they were going, and it happened that he got a step on him, and he made a good throw, and you know uh, he didn't play the ball, and so it just was uh, you know it's unfortunate, but uh, they did change things up in the second half, and you you got a veteran quarterback like Stafford, it threw him off. Yeah, it, it did. Threw, it, it threw them off. You know, there are different times where um, he wasn't sure where they're going. The, they messed up a little confusion. Come on. Don't give those guys too much credit. And that is the number one thing. You don't give the opponent too much credit. Like, they're so smart that they're going to get it. No. No. <laughs> you got pressure. There are times when, you know, you look at something and you don't look at it correctly. I know from playing linebacker, you look at something and 
you don't read it correctly. But if, if they're moving around, you're not sure. If they're going to come out and get exact formation and there's no change, I mean, come on. You see how they use um, motion, all of the good. Come on. Look at the way these guys are using motion now. Now, when I was playing, I'll be honest, they didn't do they didn't do all of that. No. They, 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 they lined up in I formation and came at you. That's right. But, but, the, but with the motion and with the fact that you don't know if the guy is he going to be, you know, and, and they'll snap the ball when he's right near the center. You're going like, you know, you're not sure. And it messes up if you've got different assignments where if he's on this side, you're playing this, uh, you got him, and, and 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 guys make mistakes. And so you you make those guys, give them chances to make mistakes, and and you leave that, that gray area. But I, I got to give them credit for the way they played in the second half, the Eagles' defense, because I'm telling you, I thought they were going to get smoked. I did too, especially since they <laughs> went right down with them in the second drive once that, the Eagles really came off a great drive. Are you concerned with Slay's play? Uh, yeah, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't played well. I mean, they, they have no problem now going at him. You notice how they throw Yo, it. The they, guy, they, they went right at him. Went right at him. I mean, and, and this has been a couple of weeks in a row where they said, look, you know, we don't have any problem going at him. And he's, and, 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 you know, he was, you know, and he has a feel for it. Come on. He's a veteran guy. Come on. You know, Slay knows you can't play off 10 yards off a receiver. You're down in the red zone. What are you doing? You know, just backing up. Come on, you can't make the stuff that easy. Now, if you want to play off of a guy, why do you have to show him right away at the start? You right. can move up. You could be in a gray area where they don't know whether you're going to come up or go back. You know, I, I mean, it, it sounds like it's no big deal. But if you talk to a quarterback, it's a big deal. If you move around just a little bit, giving them a little look, especially if they know that you do different things, like your certain depth when you're blitzing, you know, uh, you know, the cornerback, sending the cornerback off the corner sometimes. You know, you, you want – you don't want to give the uh, give the opponent too much credit. Like, they're so smart that they won't make some mistakes because they will. The best the best will make mistakes. Absolutely, Gary. Um, getting Goddard going, he, he like, almost was like – it was almost like they, they were like, everything that they didn't do with him, they wanted <laughs> to do in this game. And it just shows you, he and Swift – Man, yeah, are those guys weapons? They're weapons, and you see with Goddard, you see once he runs over a few of those DBs, those guys don't want to tackle him, man. No, <laughs> no. Know, come on. He he ran over three or four of them. I mean, because the guy's 250, 260 pounds. Coming down there, running at them, those DBs, they, they, they'll they sit there, and they'll lie you to, I ain't got no problem tackling Yeah. Yeah, tackle right. Him. Enjoy yourself, you know. He ran over a few of them. And uh, the guy's a great athlete. You see, he's got good hands. He's another weapon, and he's something else to uh, worry about. And you see, like the route he ran in the, in the end zone for that touchdown. You know, it's a delicate route. He, he's smart. He's a smart player. You know, he's a team guy, uh, and just another great asset. And and really, if they want to get where they're going, they want to get to. You know, you got to make the defense cover all of them. See? Absolutely, Gary. I'll tell you something. That was the first time we've seen Jalen Hurts look like Jalen Hurts. And I'll tell you, the play of the game, for me at least, was in the third quarter. They were up 17-14, and he had to get that first down, and he broke that tackle, Yeah, and which means to me, and as you know, when you're third and long, dude, and you got a guy pinned, and you got him down before the sticks, 
and no. he breaks your back like that. I know he was great in the passing game, but <laughs> shit, Gary. Yeah. That's when you're undefensible. It, it, it hurts. It really takes a lot of the confidence out of the defense. You know, it's it's like in the movies, you know, when you see the movies growing up, seeing the movies, when the guy puts that dagger in him, they show the eyes. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're like, damn. That's right. It, it takes the gas out of everybody. But, you know, and, and those are things Jalen is is um, he's capable of. And if you're trying to win a game, you know, you want, want to try to keep him healthy. Uh, but, you know, there are times when he's one-on-one -on -one and things, you know, the chances of him getting hurt are not as high. When, when he's out there, he's one-on-one -on -one with a guy. He's got the kind of strength, you know, where he surprises a guy of how strong he is. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you assume the quarterback is the one, that, you know, once I hit him, he'll go, he's going to go to the ground. And and when he does it, you know, he, he startles guys. But he definitely, um, you know, he played like a champion there yesterday. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It was a great play. And, you know, you, you got uh, Goddard in there and they utilize him that much. And now they can they can just get into the flow where, hey, uh, we're going to take what you give us. Meaning like they, they want to try to cover a guy with a guy that can't cover him. We're going to him. So they can feature all of these guys they can feature. And you see how they're good enough. And, and, and a lot of teams can't say this. Where you've got three or four players that can take over a game. Now, now how many tight ends? There are not a lot of tight ends can do all he did yesterday. Where he, he just takes over the game. He's Great running hands. over their DBs. He's outrunning guys. You know, they try to put a big guy on him. He's outrunning him. The little guy he's running over, you know, that type of talent. And you know you got that with A.J. You got that with Devontae. You got that with Swift. You know, that's that says a lot. Teams don't have that. That's the thing they have. And, of course, with Jalen with his legs, you've got all these things for a defense coordinator. I know just sitting down, putting out a game, to, uh, game plan together against them, you're going to be up all night, man. Because oh, oh, there's <laughs> there's too many weapons to have to go around. And, and then that line, you, that offensive line, come on, you got them too. Hey, you know? I'm going to tell you my favorite performance of the day. Mm -hmm. Sue Opeta yeah. is going to make him some big ass bucks. He's in a That's he's in a contract year, yeah. Gary. So watch this. So when I'm in a free agent year and the Eagles have to decide, I ain't moving that guy out, and I give my agent to tape me kicking the shit out of Aaron Donald. Yeah, all day long, and That's he's right. a non-factor. I'm gonna go. Do you have any game tape of you playing? Yeah, here's me against Aaron Donald. What happened? How did he do? No tackles, no pressures, no sacks, no nothing. I killed him, even in one-on-ones. Gary, I was so impressed with that yeah. kid, man. What a performance! Yeah, you know they have, they've had, uh, and that's that's the reason they're five and zero. Oh. They've they've had uh, different parts of the team bail another part of the team out. And they've had them step. Now, yesterday was a pretty pretty solid performance, even though you know with the with the with the uh, with the offense, the big thing is they didn't put the ball in the end zone. With all those opportunities, they could have had that game put away, and they they let them stay around. And you know, against good team, of course, that comes back and that really hurts you. You know, and um, makes you just oh yeah, you're, you're there. Now, who were the Cowboys playing? They they played yesterday too, did they? Oh, hey, uh, I think they did. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm hey. Hey, Gary, I'm not sure what that thing – listen to this. Gary, check this out. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just to give you a little insight here on how that thing looked Woo! and how bad that thing looked. You're, hey, I got the numbers. Here it is. Yeah. So, the Cowboys 
had eight first downs, 49 total plays, 197 total yards. Hey, it gets better. 57 yards rushing. Man. Had the ball for 20 minutes. For 20 minutes. And they put 42 on him. Hey, and you know they could have put more. They they, they were chose. they were they were pedaling down. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that was a butt whooping, boy. Don't ever tell me that that guy Micah Parsons is in Lawrence Taylor's league. Yeah, Don't yeah, come on, yeah, you're right, come on, yeah, that's right. Well, you know the, the thing about uh, you know, and they did make this mistake, and they were saying that about matching them up. You know, come on, you know they they got some grown men on on the 49ers. You got you got to give them credit, man. December third, Gary. How big is that game now? That is going to be a big one. That, that's now that's going to be some fun, man. But that's uh, you know, that's like um, when they had you know uh, different rivalries where you got you know San Francisco was playing the Cowboys when both of them had elite teams, you know. And so that's what you're going to see when the Eagles get to play them. I mean, because because you got those uh, different lines, the offensive and defensive line matched up against each other. That's they got a lot of grown men up there. See. That is going to be. <laughs> if you're the Cowboys, do you move on from Dak? Hey, I mean, you definitely got to be thinking that because what are you playing? Fifty for? million dollars. I know. I mean, you got to be thinking, you know. And I think that that's probably why they they signed that kid, you know, um, Trey Lance. Yeah, that that they got him from the from the Niners. But um, so you go from Dak to Trey Lance? Well, holy uh, no, shit! No, you no, mind? I'm, I'm, hey. Gary, you might you might as well get on the Titanic. The only difference is I know the boat hits the iceberg. <laughs> At least those poor folks didn't know the iceberg was out but, there. Hey, but I think that, I think it is clear, you know, um, that that Dak man, I, he's never shown the Kinyons to a hey, step up in a big game, make plays. Come on, man. You're playing against a good defense. This is when we need you to show what you're worth. I mean, come on. Gary, not only are you not the elite team in the NFC, you're not even the elite team in the NFC East. I know. I know. And you're the Cowboys. You you know what? Have am I right when I say this? That that team is lesser, even it looks right now, than last year's team. You know, it, it really looked like that when when you got somebody punched them in the mouth. Arizona punched them in the face. Yeah, get, no, guess what I heard right. today? <laughs> yeah, Mike McCarthy goes like this. Yeah, we're gonna throw the Arizona tape away. Then we're gonna throw the the forty. How many tapes are you gonna throw away? You only had five games this year. I mean, you gotta watch something, man. What are you gonna I'm watch? Follies. Well, it basically shows you. When they got somebody they can they can they can punk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys I mean, did get was, punked, man. Hey, hey, it, how it, do you it, get punked two weeks out of three weeks like that? I, I mean that that's that says something about you know. And the one character. of the teams is the Cardinals. I know. I mean, it, it, it says something about the fact that in the games where everything is rolling, okay, then they got guys can roll. Look. What we really find out about you is when you punch the guy and then he punches you back. Now we find out who is who. Dallas Ducks. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, these two guys me. are bullies. The Eagles and the Niners are bullies. Yes. When the Cowboys get into a fight with you, they're trying to bob and weave and duck. That's right. Well, dude, when you get into a fight with a power puncher, the difference, and, and Gary, I, you know, George Foreman was on the program about a year ago, and he goes, mm-hmm. Hey, Sills, I'm not trying to win around. 
I'm trying to win the fight. That's right. So that's what the Eagles and the uh, 49ers do. They're yes. not trying to win a quarter. They're trying to win the game. Yeah. And they're going to knock you out. The, 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 the Cowboys are not – this is crazy to say. The Cowboys are not a physical – they they're haven't not, been physical, right, Gary? They haven't Since been physical. Since Jimmy. Yeah. They, ha- they have not been physical. That, I mean, that's clearly what it is because when they get against a team that's physical with them, you can bully them, meaning you can run the ball on them. You have no problem. You just – the way they, they flourish is when you're throwing, they got a pass rush. But you can negate that with a running game, see? Then you slow down that pass rush, and and and, and you see nobody's having a good time. You know, they're having a good time when they're, they're rushing, they're sacking you, and they're, they're, run, they're running back uh, turnovers. But when they got to play, you don't see no, anybody having any fun. Well, I, I thought you guys were big time. You, you know, this when you get a good, a, a good team, that's when we find out what's in you. What, what you got in here? What kind of heart do you have? If, if you don't only fight when you got a guy that the time you hit him, he's falling down. I mean, what, kind, what kind of heart is that showing? That's not You find out what's going on. When you hit the guy, then he hits you back. That's right. I want to be right. That's they're, they're just not, they're just not tough. Finally, here for you. I mean, because they should be at least be able to to stay in the game. Oh, I, they, they were never in it for maybe ten minutes. That's right. I mean, it was some of the worst ball I think they've played in the last twenty years. I'll throw yeah. this at you here. Mm-hmm. I said that Jalen Carter was going to be Whew. the next Jerome Brown, but I got to tell you something here, and I'm there not going to say the mm-hmm. '92 guy, but yeah. I got to tell you, man. When he got that first step on that center, I'm when they came you. out of halftime, I mean, you've played behind Jerome, yeah. and you saw them dudes. I got to tell you, man, that first step on him, boy, that's in that group, isn't it? That's, no, that's an elite about. first step he has, Jalen Carter. See, they're amazing. You see, you're amazing. Like, you know, I've sat there and watched him. I'm looking at him, seeing his size and everything. You know, and he's so thick. You don't expect to see that explosive, that quickness, out of a guy that big, you don't expect to see that. But when I was out there at camp, I saw that. I could see where the guy's got quickness and he's got power. You know those two going together, man. And and, and you can see he's got a feel for the game, which is really probably the most extraordinary thing because he's so young. Most of the time, a guy does not have a feel for some of these things, but he's got a feel for, you know, pass rushing. He just got an innate feel. For uh, you know, just like I said, uh, you know, guys in other areas where there are guys that have been in the in the league for a long time that don't have the field that he has. Like he knows how to get a guy's you know a center of gravity off, and then toss him. Now, see, Reggie used to do that. Yeah, people would talk about him being so powerful. No, he would get the guy's center of gravity off and toss him. The hump. Because once a big guy's center of gravity gets off, man, they're the in trouble. Yeah, but he'd hump right. you, man. Once yeah. he threw that hump on you, man, yep. he'd throw Nate on his head. I know. <laughs> Nate, Eric Williams, he'd throw those right. big dudes on their heads, man, like they were 200-pound guys. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. You know how many people used to try that move and everyone just goes, how in the hell does he get that leverage play? And he was like 6'6". Six, six. That's right. And you're sitting there going, man, I, I have never seen anybody in my life um, duplicate that move. Hey, I gotta sneak this in on you because, because it I makes talk- the so it makes the offensive lineman look so bad too. Oh That's god! So and and they get thrown. Do you remember when Chris Carter, that guy, threw that offensive lineman into Chris Carter? Then Chris Carter got knocked into Warren Moon. Yeah, I'm going like, so wait a minute, he knocked out three guys. 
Dude, hey, hey, so Gary, I talked yeah. to Rich McKay, the uh-huh. uh, chairman of the competition committee. This is how they're going to address the uh, brotherly shove. Ready? Okay. What are they going to do? They're going to say that it is a play that could be too dangerous for health. And it could be a, something that we have to take into concern for player safety. Your thoughts? I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way they go because um, you know it's total bullshit, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. I, you know, uh, but but I, I clearly expect them to try to try to um, to take it down because there are a lot of people that have been negative about it. So I, I expect, and, and it just seems like, and this is the big thing: is the Eagles have been the only ones to master it. These other people are trying it. They haven't mastered it. The Eagles have mastered it. And believe me, uh, like yesterday, really, they kind of went too far. They they ran it when it was like uh, fourth and three. I mean, I mean, you know, one yard, two yard, three. Come on, not three yards, you guys. So they kind of took it to an extreme there. But, I, it, you know, the thing is, it seems like they're getting better at it. I know. How would you stop that play? Well, I, I Can think it? You, I, you know, you got to have. Uh, See, you they have, have a they have a quick center. They have a quick center. He, that's right. He gets Very the athletic. ball back in his hand quick. Yep. And because that guy's an athlete, in my yep. opinion, mm-hmm. I think it's got everything to do, Gary, with that snap count and how quick both Kelsey and Hertz are because yeah. they're quick twitch guys. That's right. And they know the snap count. Quick. I think it's all to yep. do with the snap count. Well, I tell you what. Uh, and maybe that's what it is, but I tell you, they run it so much better than everybody else. I mean, it's, you know, and nobody's been, it seems like, like I said, it, they're getting better where, you know, now they get two yards. They're never going <laughs> to stop that play. No, no. Hey, they're going to have to just put a white flag on that. Deanna well, hey, hey, you got hey, a lot of is, the own, owners making that call. Rule, Gary, new rule, 1357. Yeah. It's called the Philly rule. Yeah. We're just taking it out. <laughs> That's right. Because That's- it's too unfair, man. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you right. so much, Gary. Hey have, hey, have a good one. You got it. Our good friend, Gary Cobb from Fox 29. We're going to take a timeout, hit the like button, keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. hour we'll also look at week five of the national football league in the final hour get your thoughts but i've been trying to tell you guys about sean payton um not sure what else to say how can people's opinion change on belichick and not payton And by the way, Bill Belichick is the man that made Brady. So how many people think Tom Brady early on would have even gotten the opportunity and the decision that was made for his career? Here, let's, let's, let's something that you have to understand that takes gigantic nuts for a head coach to do to an owner, and you have to have the political attitude in the building for you to make the call, which Sirianni doesn't have. If Nick wanted to make a, 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 a change in personnel and one guy was making more than the other, he couldn't make that move without clearing it with Howie. But here's what Belichick did. And this would have been against Howie Roseman. What do you guys think Howie Roseman would have done if he was the general manager of the Patriots? And I'm going to show you the difference in why Bill gets the nod of the greatest coach of all time. What would Howie have done if Belichick went like this? Say Bledsoe gets hurt. They had just given him $117 million. 25 of it guaranteed. That was a lot of money back then. He was making like $17 million per annually. Okay as a starting quarterback. He was the highest paid quarterback in the league. He gets knocked out by Mo Lewis on that, I think it was a Thursday night game, maybe a Monday night game. Okay? And how he had just signed him, had just signed him to that $117 million deal. He puts Brady in, Belichick. They start winning games. I think their first game was against the Rams. They may have lost it. Then he came back and he played well. 
What do you think would have happened? And what? how would have Howie have handled that if it came down to a decision like this? Well, Bledsoe's ready to go back, and you were paying him $17 million annually. You think they would have went back to the six-round draft choice and Tom Brady and left him in? Or do you think Howie would have went with the money and would have went with the player that they made a move to get so that they could have on that franchise? Wasn't Bledsoe like, like the first-round pick for them too? What do you think he would have done? Howie would have went back to Bledsoe because that's his job. His job's not to coach. He doesn't know anything about coaching. He may think he does, but he would have went and said, and how about the decision-making? After Bledsoe won the playoff game against the Steelers, what do you think Howie would have done? We got to put keep Drew in there. Drew's the better guy. He did with Carson and Hurts. Is that why Nate Sudfeld played the last game of Doug's Eagle career? Jalen got benched. Oh, so that you could get a better look at Nate Sudfeld. Be smarter. Belichick is just going to have to bite the bullet and pay bigger players to come and play in New England. It's a great take. That's a great take. They're not coming to play for Bill anymore. They came to New England to play with Brady. That's a fact. I think players, it's different in Philly. Why do you, hey, if I'm a free agent, it's one thing to want to come and play. Okay? It's one thing to want to come and play. Cobb and Vic? Vic wasn't a homegrown guy. You're missing it. How he played Nate Sudfeld to draft Devontae Smith. How did you know he would even be there? So you think he had a crystal ball that he knew he'd be there the last game of the year that Devontae Smith was going to be there so that he could take him in the draft in April five months later. Wow, I wish you could pick me some lottery numbers. He bet, Get this. Look at what this guy, Steve Jones. What a stupid ass. This guy thinks that he benched Jalen Hurts so that they could have a better draft pick. So they tanked a game. They threw a football game so that they could undermine Doug Peterson. What an organization. Awesome. Awesome, Steve. So you undermined your Super Bowl coach to get him out the window, too, to make him look like that. Wow. So the general manager sabotaged the game for a draft pick. Tells you all you need to know now. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. And Quan's right in the room with him. Two guys that are all for sabotaging a coach and 53 players for a draft pick. Fantastic. You would rather sabotage your team and your coach and your players. That's all I need to know about you two. Okay? That's all I, all I need to do for a better pick. How would you know who's there? How would you know if Devontae was there and you traded that pick? 
with Dallas. How would you even know that? You traded with the Cowboys. If you don't have the first pick in the draft, you have no idea what player's going to be in the two-hole. In the three-hole, you have no idea. Nobody thought Jalen Carter would be there at 10. They thought he was going to be there at three. Whatever. Whatever. You sabotage. Hey, we got guys in here that subscribe to the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles undermining Doug Peterson and everybody in that building included teams, players, incentives, so that they could get a better draft pick. What a shitty day that must have been in the Eagle organization to have a general manager sabotage my team. Belichick doesn't have Brady now, so he needs to be in with big players to want to come in New England. Man. Wow. Well, he's a Gator, probably why he sabotaged his coach. Man. Sabotaged your coach. Mm. I'll never get over that one. So a player goes out and plays his ass off, and you got an organization that sabotaged your coach and the players to try to win a game. I'll never forget Jason Kelsey on the bench going, what the F are we doing? I'll never forget that. Look it up. Mm. Sabotaged your coach. Super Bowl coach. Because his ego wanted a better draft pick. Okay. That's why you got guys like Lovey Smith. Howie already showed us that he would do look where Peterson is now. Yeah. Making $9 million a year. Just came off a division title. Just beat the Bills. Yeah. Oh, I, hey, by the way, Big Marshall, I saw your coach in the Super Bowl. You lost the Super Bowl because of coaching. How you doing? That decision that you went and got Devontae undermined the coach so much that he kicked the can down the road. Seth will say it tomorrow or Wednesday that he wanted no part of it. And you lost because you had shitty coaching in the Super Bowl. You all know that. I don't have to rehash that. So you get a better draft pick. That's all you need to know about the Eagles. 22 and one. Perfect. Great show. Bless everyone in the Jewish community. Community. I stand with Israel for sure, man. Then again, I stand with the Palestine kids who have nothing to do with this. This is tragic that's going on in the Middle East. It's tragic. Those Hamas people are Nazis. Okay? It's terrible. It's terrible what's going on. It's actually unbearable to watch. Touchdown Jesus took a knee this week to my Louisville Cardinal. My favorite line from Big Sills. Hey, okay? That's right. God bless all, Greasy. 
God bless all those children on both sides. I feel for again, those poor kids, man. That's all I think about the poor kids and the women and the elderly. It's very sad. It's heartbreaking actually that we could have such vile men in this world like that. Again, those Palestinian kids aren't doing anything wrong. They're not Hamas. And the Israeli kids, I mean, they haven't had anything happen like this, people going in their homes like this, since the Holocaust. It's terrible. I pray for everybody. I pray for safety, and I hope, I hope God looks over everyone. It's so terrible. It's senseless, and it hurts to watch mankind do that to one another. All right, last hour of the program. Big Sills, don't you ever change. Dirty D, love you guys. We're going to look at week five of the NFL. Hey, by the way, I can't wait to our power rankings tomorrow. I think Big Sills has got to – hey, I may have to take – hey, guys, I may have to take a knee on the Cowboys. I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to have a night to think about it, okay? Okay? I may have to – I may have to take a knee on one of my bets – don't don't talk to me like that, senor. Do not talk to me like that. Week five of the NFL will reset what happened in that game on Sunday. More from you. I can't tell you how I, how I appreciate you guys. Hey, guys, on a day like this, what we're watching in the Middle East right now, thank you, God, that I live here in America, that I get to do this, and I don't have that raining down on us as we do this I'm so grateful to be an American. Thank you guys so much for being here. And I look forward to the last hour. God bless everybody in the Middle East. I just say that on both sides, those children and the innocent. Let's have a good last hour. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild, and time stands still. 
because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. National Football Show. We are going to recap a little bit here of what happened yesterday. And we will look at week five of what went on in the National Football League. Please hit the like button. By the way, Angelo Cataldi will be on with us tomorrow with Phil Sims and the segment with our friend Tone. So we got a packed show tomorrow. Uh, Kayla Santiago will be on with us, I believe, on Wednesday. And I believe Chris Sims, hey, get this, guys. Hey, get this, guys. I've done something for you. I've done something for you. Thanks, Sills, now. Come on. Say thank you, Sills. Say it because you're going to go, wow. Say thank you. I'm going to tell you what I've done for you. Okay. Murphy, that's all I needed. Thank you, Sills, for praising the Eagles. Ugh. No, Joe Biden on. Okay. Chris Sims is coming on Thursday. And I give you full ambushing techniques. Okay. You get full ambushing techniques on Thursday. I thought you said her. You did. You get. It's confirmed too. Chris Sims. Okay. Chris Sims. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in Philly, man, that's going to be a big one. <laughs> hey, I'll, hey, you guys, I told Chris, I go, hey, man, let me tell you about these Philly fans, man. These guys got memories like elephants, man. They don't forget shit. You say one thing off the charts, they're on your jackass wagon like you wouldn't believe. Sims is a hater? Art, you're missing it. You get to kill him. What are you going to be a hater on? Being 5-0? and Hey, hey, Art, you can talk all the shit you want. When you're 5-0, and oh, I don't know. Right? 
Listen to this. Philly goes, why did you invite that dude? He always talks shit about the Eagles. even Because now you get to talk shit to him. Don't you? Come on. Philly, I don't do that. MM, I don't do that. I get guys on who disagree with me all the time. Now you get a chance to get this guy's ass a little bit. We beat his dad, too. His dad's got two Super Bowl rings. I might be careful on that one. Okay? I, I might be tad be careful on that one. We beat his dad. Yeah, okay, you did. Oh, Seth is going to join us, too, on Wednesday. Seth Joyner's joining us Wednesday. I'm, hey, how many people watch Seth Joyner? How many people watch Seth Joyner's podcast? How many people watch his show, Seth's show? It's still going to. Reggie and Jerome loved his dad. <laughs> yeah. Michael, you guys do? Let me see how many people watch that. I'll be on Tuesday. Seth's putting me on Tuesday. So yours truly is going to be on Hey, Diego, Big Sills is on Tuesday. Is that the day you're not? Let me guess. That's the only day you're not going to watch now, right? Joey, oh, that's kind of you, Joey. Uh -huh. Okay. I, hey, hey, that'd be the only. Cilio's on Seth's show. I'm not watching it. I do, plus he's on WIP on Monday. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Chris Sims is a pansy. All right, let me get to recapping this thing here. Look, I said this to you, and I'll say it one more time. I think that – Sills, could you get Boomer and Geo on? I think they're funny. I think that's a really great morning show that WFAN has. I think it's the only show on that station nowadays worth listening to. Geo's funny with those Francesa um, – with those Francesa imitations. He's hilarious. I don't know, Geo. I had – Hey, Maniac, I had Boomer on, what was it, Tone, two weeks ago? I think we had Boomer on two weeks ago. So Boomer was on already. Um, I don't really know Geo that well. I never said that, said I don't love you, bro. <laughs> Still leaving the basement? Soon. Soon, Brandon. Soon. I'll be in the Philly area soon. Believe me, we're working diligently getting me there yes no i'm i want to get to a tailgate too we're going to be doing all this i swear to you all right let me reset um <clears throat> oh hey tone throw out our winners for our contest with hooters congratulations to you guys today on a football monday we always do this last week's winners mike thank you very much don thank you very much tomorrow we'll start it up again you send all the information in with a code word. We will get you an opportunity to have that code word tomorrow. And throughout the four-hour show, all you have to do is identify it, email tone. Maybe we will announce your name on a football Monday like some of you already. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, five-star. That's right. See five-star. Now five-star's getting it. See five-star goes like this. Big Sills, how about that Philly Godfather cowboy pick? Now you get to talk shit on him on Friday. 
Don't you like that? Or, oh, oh, you're the guy that likes to ban people. I don't like that. I like people who throw their opinion out and at least they have an opinion and they stand behind it. Okay? Sills, we respect, but ask Sims the questions. Can anyone still run the Eagle offense? Jalen is nothing special. Oh, I like that idea. Hey, listen here. This is what we're going to do, Philly 4 for 4. You guys will be posting questions. I'll ask them to them. Sills, you wearing a suit on Seth's show? No, I'm going to be doing it like from here, from the Sills studios. Big Sills, hey, homie, it takes some, you know, for me to leave the Dan Cave. Right? We think I walk out of here for free? What the hell? What's going on here? What, what do you know what I think I am? Hey, what do you think I'm doing here? Okay. Hey, what do you think I'm doing here? What do you think I'm here? What do you think I'm here? Right? What do you think I'm here? Talk shit on you too. You have Cowboys winning the East. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, that was an S beating. There's no hey. <laughs> There's no getting around that. I got to tell you. God, I wish you guys could talk. Some of you. Most of you I'd mute, but I wish some of you could. Couldn't take Quan's ass. He'd be barking in my ear every day like my wife. You got any new Super Bowl picks since the Cowboys are down? No, I can't do that. I'm going to call into WFAN and say Big Sill sent me. Call in to Boomer. Hey, Boomer, Big Sill says that I could go to the front of the line, okay? Just tell Boomer that. You don't have to worry about them other shows because nobody calls in anymore. Why don't you do a guest day on the phone? A guest day on the phone? How would I do that? Can't stop the brotherly shove. Let, 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 please, let me get to resetting, and I'm gonna, I want to get into... Set up a phone line? See, hey, you're under some impression that I'm some sort of, like, technical genius. That would be something for tone. (laughs) Okay? See, like I told you before, I'm not that that savvy in anything I do. Screw the phone. I got StreamYard. Let's go. You ain't coming on by yourself, maniac. I would never do that. I'd lose my show to you. It'd be like, this is my show. The hell out of here. We like the Batman scene with Jack Nicholson moving out the mare. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see here. Give, give everyone your cell phone. Yeah, okay. Thank you, WCB. Yeah, that sounds good. Wants me to give him my, my cell phone. Tone could do it. All right, let me, let me go here. All right. Hold on, what did I see up here? I thought I saw somebody say something. Okay, I thought I saw some. No, Sills, we, we're under the impression you're awesome and want to talk to you. Yeah, I'll, don't goat me like that. Don't goat me like that. Really? Really? 
You want to talk to me? Wow. You really like me? Holy cow. Thank you very much. I can't believe I have so many friends. <laughs> Whoa, I can't believe it. Please don't tell me. You still have a flip phone. No, I got this thing. I got this. Look at the outside of it. Look at what I've done to it. See, look at what I've done to it here. Not good. It's terrible. It's terrible. Hey, Bruce goes like this. Dan's a godsend. Yeah, because of the shitty talent you're now listening to at WIP and that other thing in Philly. You know there's nothing good on the radio anymore. Okay. Oh, by the way, Angelo Cataldi tomorrow. I can't wait. I love Angie. He's like this, Sills. You're killing it. Sills being chill today? Oh, because, see, that's a great question. Is Detroit the third best team? We're going to get to that here in a minute. Um, being chill today? No, that was a good performance. Scott, do you want me really to lie and tell you that wasn't a good performance? Oh, I see. You see, and Scott, I'm not really ripping you here, but you see what most of the old-timey sports guys used to do? Because they wanted to make a point, that's eh, the Rams, They're two and three. You haven't beaten anybody. You know, I mean... It's not really that's not how I saw that game. That's not that's not that's not how 22 and 1 he's unstoppable, you're right. Well, unless you get to the big game. 22 and 1, baby. That personifies Philadelphia right now. Okay? Dan, do you still think Jalen is a one-read quarterback? Swift, Goddard, and Brown were involved. So that would be a no, but it's one game. Let's see how this plays out because Goddard's catches and Swift's catches and AJ's catches were important during the game. It's one game, and it's I thought he played good for 60 minutes of football. Okay? Hey, Cody, don't do that. The 22-1, and one, baby. They're 22 and one, and where they got a little silver medal hanging down. 22 and one, and a silver medal. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Right? Cody, 22 and one, and a silver medal. Is that not the truth? Or as Quan would say, that's a lie. 22 and one, and you got the great silver medal hanging there. You're 22 and one, silver medal. You're the silver medalist. You know, like in the Olympics, 
there's a gold medal and a silver medal. There's a second place finisher. You're the second place finisher. 22 and one. <laughs> oh, Quan. Look at him, man. He goaded me into that. See this right here, Tone? This is why this guy's an a-hole right here. Okay? That's why Quan's an a-hole. Okay? Because he goaded me into that. No more. I'm out. I'm, not, I'm done with that. All right. Let me do the takeaways again and hit this thing back up. Next segment. Absolutely, senor. I'm filthy off this. Get, get, Quan, you're, you're, hey, Quan, you are barred now. <laughs> no, don't bar. Don't bar him. No. I thought it was an awesome opening drive by the Eagles against the Rams. Everything we saw last year in 2022, um, they were just great in that opening series. However, this is really where the game was won. After the Rams went right down the field the very next series, you saw Desai, you're like this. I swear to you, I was like, the Rams just destroyed the Eagles secondary. I tweeted that. They did. And it and Cup was killing them. They had no answers for him. I, I mean, none. Then the coordinator made adjustments as the game was going on. That game alone gave me more confidence in Sean Desai coaching the Eagle defense the rest of the season than anything Jonathan Gannon did for two years. I saw creativity. I saw players trying to be moved around in positions that would help the team. I saw pressure. I saw blitzing. I saw things in that game I could not believe. He was trying to come up with schematic ways of slowing the Rams down, and it worked. And it worked. Hey, fly goes like this. The secondary suspect, it wasn't in the second half because he brought internal pressure. Do you, can I tell you, Gary Cobb said this. Tone, I don't know if you agree with this. Do you know what I think through the Rams was the fact that they were bringing blitzes and the Eagles are not known for that. And I think it threw Stafford off. An experienced guy like Stafford, I think, got thrown off in the second half because they were bringing pressure on him. Something the Eagles, for two years, haven't done. And they brought that pressure. I was like, holy cow, man. That was well done. Well done. Jalen Hurts was just sensational. He... he he was so good in that game. I would say this to you. Everyone, Tone, everyone, would you, in wins, would you say that that was one of Jalen Hurts' best games that he's ever played so far in his short career? 303-70. I mean, on the road, L.A. Rams, well-coached defense, a Super Bowl defensive coach and Raheem Morris. Wouldn't you put that up there with one of his best games? 300 passing. Um, Fly, I said games you won. Not games you lost. 
Okay? Not games you won or lost. Games you won. So you don't think 303 and 70 yards rushing, 375 yards pretty much in total offense is not one of his better games. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Absolutely dumb. Um, he was great. The way that DeAndre Swift is now being put into the offense is without a doubt really benefiting and really making the offense be more difficult. Do you know as this thing is going on, and Brian Johnson is get get who was who was the casualty? Who was the casualty in this game? It was Devontae Smith. He was the casualty. Now let me let me say something to you here about that. How old is AJ Brown? How old is A.J. Brown? He's 26. Smith is 24. Let me ask you something. And I'm assuming, Tone, his deal's up in 25, right? Devontae's? So then we'd be looking at 27 and 25. Am I right, Tone? 25, his deal's up. Or he'll be going into his final year of his contract. Now, again, you know, the Minnesota Vikings and, and Justin Jefferson, you know, they're working on money and all that other stuff. Okay. I'm assuming that Devontae's deal is up in 25. Okay? When does it get to a point that he does this? He will be unrestricted, age in 26. The Eagles will pick up the option in 2025. Okay. Does it ever get to a point? where if AJ continues to do what he does and he's that effective, you know, he's got ties to AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts. Does it ever get to the point where Devontae's good nature and him being a good teammate where he says, I want to be number one and I want all the targets and I want to be like everyone else. You're not going to pay him more money than AJ Brown or are you? So you'll have a $55 million quarterback and two $25 million wide receivers? That ain't happening. Jalen Waddle's on a rookie deal down in Miami. They're going to make decisions on that, too. So, and, and, and don't go here and say, well, hey, I don't want to be number one anywhere. I'll be number two, and I'm happy with that. Do you think the Eagles would do this? Well, 
let's draft another guy and give Devontae after we pick his option deal up. So in 2025, right? In 2025, we draft another guy and he's our number one and he takes the A.J. Brown role? Is that how they're going to do this? Just a question because how he's thinking about this right now. And keep in mind, like Tone just said, how sensitive he is with draft picks. He will find a way to keep him and move AJ, right? Trade AJ for some draft picks. That's right, Bear. Tone just said the same thing. As far as how he's probably concerned, you know what? I, I mean, that's a great conversation I would have with Devontae Smith privately. Hey, man, you know, you didn't get any catches today. But do you know what I want personally? Do you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see you retire here, Philadelphia Eagle. And if that means 15 years, I want to figure out a way that we keep you here forever. How do you like that? Like Brandon Graham or Lane Johnson or Art Monk or dudes like that. Art Monk, excuse me, not Art Monk. Art Monk's a Washington Redskin, excuse me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you've, you've, that'd be something that you'd want to keep. He signed through, that's funny that he signed through 26. Exactly the same year that that's the final year of his contract. Nicely done, man. Thank you, Maniac. Senior moment there. I hope we keep both because how we can't draft wide receivers. He got lucky with Devontae. That's a true comment. That's a true comment. Jalen Carter is just everything we thought he would be. Hassan Reddick, impact. I mean, just really great. Opeta was sensational. So here, look at what the, look at what. Let me look at that offense here. Is it right? Only A.J. Brown? And Swift? Are the only non-drafted Eagles? Is that right? A.J. Brown and Swift are the only non-drafted Philadelphia Eagle players in the huddle. That's pretty damn impressive. Okay, well, wait a minute. The three guy from Atlanta, they just made a deal for. Okay. Tons of, yeah, the, the, the D, that's where they seemingly do that, don't they, Nathan? That's where they seemingly do that more on, they've, hey, Nathan, they, they seem comfortable with that on defense. Yeah, the kid, hey, hey, Max and the kid from Atlanta is also part of that huddle. All right, let's get, hey, let's get to week five of the NFL here. I'm going to start it out with that Cowboy game. Um, that's a crippling loss. Dallas Cowboys got their faces kicked in. I mean, 
Look at this. This is embarrassing. I mean, they got their shit kicked in. It's not so much that you got beat. The Eagles can do the same thing to you. If you're the Cowboys, you are now worried about the fact that you're not a physical team. And I just have realized something. Having covered you guys versus the Cowboys, there is no question ever since Jimmy Johnson. Would you not agree with this? Eagle fans, you're the perfect person to talk about to this. Those Dallas Cowboy teams under Jimmy were physical, weren't they? Tone, they were physical. That was a physical group, right? They were physically imposing with their offensive line and the way they ran the ball. Michael Irvin playing third down, roughing guys up like Aeneas Williams. They were physical. Ever since Jerry Jones has run the team, they have been passive. And they have not been a physical team. Is that a fair statement? They're not only not physical as players, but they got a they got a finesse to them mentally as an organization. Okay? They have not been physical. And when you have to get into a game like that versus a team like San Francisco. Dude, the only reason that I think they are they play well against the Eagles is because they draft against you guys and they understand you guys because they see you guys twice a year and they know it's the only reason that those games are – and Dak, just some whatever reason, plays well against NFC East teams. I mean, that thing is not physical. They Look at this. They had eight first downs in a 60-minute ball game. If I was on the defensive side and I was Steve Wilkes, the, the new defensive coordinator, I'd walk in the building today talking to my guys going like this. You held that Cowboy team to eight first downs. You were never in it, Dallas. The Cowboys were never in it. They only ran 49 plays. What does that tell you? Turnovers and three and outs. Turnovers, three and outs. You had four turnovers and a mountain of three and outs. You didn't run 50 plays in an NFL game. Think about that, okay? Think about that when you divide that over four quarters. So you're telling me you had five plays? You had five plays. A quarter? Is that right? I mean, they've stuffed you. 197 yards in total offense. They held a professional team known as the Dallas Cowboys under 200 total yards. 
I mean, you've had your, here's the thing too. They got their ass kicked two of the last three years the worst way you can. I'd rather have you throw. Get the, Hey, you know this tone, everyone? You know, it's one thing for the Eagles to be giving up a ton of yards in the secondary. But the one thing the Eagles aren't doing, what's that? What's the, what's the one thing that the Eagle defense isn't doing and proving to you? Well, you're not going to beat us up because we're number one against the run. Your defense may not have great numbers because of the pass defense as it's still being a work in progress. But you're not being beat up. Like, the Eagles aren't beat up in any game. The Cowboys, two of the last three weeks, have been annihilated. Annihilated. I think that, didn't the Arizona Cardinals run for 228 on them? Man. Rushing attempts, 41 to 19. Time of possession, 37.05 to 22.05. Pass defense is a matter of scheme. Run defense is a matter of effort and will. Completely agreed. Look at my boy here, Quan. He was talking about my viewers here. Hey, Quan, you show me another show that keeps over 500 people for four hours. Let me know. Wake me up. Let's move on here. How about the Ravens? By myself, too, by the way. Um, how about the Steelers showing up? How about the Steelers showing up and... The Ravens not playing a very good ball game. Okay? And not playing a very good ball game. Okay? Ravens fall to three and two. How many people are buying? How many people are now buying the Lions? I'm buying the Lions. 42 24. They beat the Panthers. Jared Goff. Hey, Jared Goff just might be in the top five for MVP. Might be in the top five for MVP. Um, 236 yards, three touchdowns. Falcons rebound, Ritter 329, a touchdown, 21-19. I'm going to ask this question here. Do you think that Bob Kraft could fire... Bill Belichick by the end of the year. 34 to nothing. The worst home loss in Belichick's era. I mean, the Saints annihilated the Patriots. 34 to nothing. How about this? You think Belichick walks away from this? I, I, that record, man. How about this? Is it is it hurting his legacy? Why does Bill stay around? Why would he stay around to look like this in the end? Look at Shula. 
Even look at Noel. Look at Hallis. Look at all the great guys that stayed too long. Not one of them went out on top. They all limped to the finish line. I mean, what's the point, dude? You've won more postseason games than any coach in NFL history. You've got eight Super Bowl rings. Numerous conference championship rings. Why in the world would you want to go out like this? I don't know, man. Dolphins take care of the Giants. 31-16, 2 of 308, Hill 181. Boy, I'll tell you something, man. The New York fraudulent Giants are showing you exactly what I said they were a year ago. Even the, Get this. Even the Eagles exposed that team last year. Even the Eagles did. Every time they got into a game with them, they beat the doorknobs off them. They absolutely beat the hell out of them. I mean, you you gave a guy $40 million a year, and it, it just doesn't make sense here. Shane Steichen, what a great job of coaching. They're 3-2 and two on the year. They beat the Titans 23-16. Hey, hey, Tone, who's that running back they have? Moss, is that his name? Guy went for 165 yards and two touchdowns? Minshew, 155? Who's this guy, Moss? Every time I look up, he's got 120 yards rushing. Zach Moss? Where's he from? I never heard of him. Holy cow. Every time I look at the stat line, 125, 135, 165. This guy's some ball player, man. I have no idea who he's, who, where he came from, who he is. It's a good job there by Chris Ballard, the general manager. Nice job. I, I mean, Shane Steichen, super job of coaching. He he played at Utah for Kyle, um, Kyle Whittingham. Came from Buffalo. He played on New England last year. Man, you think they could have used his ass? He was drafted by Buffalo in the third round in 2020. Well, shit. Every time I look up for this guy... This guy's got, I mean, you don't think Buffalo could use that guy now? This guy dropped 165. I mean, pretty impressive. Joe Burrow writes the ship here, 3420. 317, three touchdowns against the Cardinals. Uh, Chase 15 catches, 192 and three touchdowns. It still may be a little too late there in Cincinnati, in my opinion, for that team to do anything. Buffalo traded him to Indy in 2022 midseason. Why? If anything, they need a running game in Buffalo. Why in the world would you trade that? That makes no sense. The Chiefs um, hold off the Vikings 27-20, 281 and two touchdowns for Mahomes. Is it me? I don't think Patrick Mahomes is playing great ball this year. Is is Mahomes playing good ball? 
Patrick Mahomes stats. Ninety six rating, ten touchdowns, four picks. I mean, I didn't think he was great in the Jets game. I thought Zach Wilson actually outplayed him. I think the Eagles could beat the guy. I think they could beat him. It's just something's off. It, it just it just looks a little off. Jets beat the Broncos 31-21. Zach Wilson, 199. I kept an eye on that game because that's the Eagles' next opponent. And I, I would say this to you. The Jets have a lot of talent. But their quarterback is not going to, in my opinion, be a threat. Okay, they have a defense. It's gonna, I, I can't, that's going to be a hell of a matchup. This coming week, I can't wait to see how the Eagle defense or excuse me, the Eagle offense matches up versus that defense because it's a pretty formidable defense. Will they be able to slow? Hey, we're going to be able to take this away from that game because I thought the Jets slowed down. Um, the Chiefs, will they be able to do that with the Eagles? And that will tell me a lot about that upcoming matchup in Kansas City, how they handle, because it's a completely different looking offense. How are they going to handle it? And I would say this to you about the Broncos. Do you think that Sean Payton has been an upgrade from Nathaniel Hackett? Has he been an upgrade? Where? Like, has he been an upgrade? He's not been an upgrade. He's just not. All right. I'm going to take a timeout. We'll talk Packers and Raiders. And I want to put a bow on where I think the Eagles are right now. 5-0. and Them and the 49ers, the Cowboys. And I would say this. You guys asked a great question. Are the Lions better than the Cowboys? Are they actually the third best team in the NFC? We'll hit on all that. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Put my finger over it. Angelo Cataldi all set up for tomorrow, 2 30. How you doing? It's always great to get the voice of reason. Besides mine, of course. Besides mine. Tell you guys how it is. Two Italian guys. Oh, can't get any better than that. That'll be, let's see, 2.30 Eastern time. Tone, send you over all the info, man. 2.30 Eastern time, Angelo Cataldi, then Tone. Then we're going to have Phil Sims tomorrow, too. Sets on Wednesday. Got a packed week for you. Congratulations to our friends, Mike Reyes and Don. How you doing? How you doing? How much money did... Your guy, Dallas Godfather, lose. Hey, I don't know. Why don't you ask him on Friday? Don't you get it? Content, Keon. Content. One day you'll wake up. You think I do this show? What will bug Keon today? Or Quan? Gee. Hey, tell him. Watch this. You think this will bug Quan and T? What's what? What else? Um. Let me pick another. Keon, you think this will be? That's not how I work, I. I talk about shit I like. Did Sills talk about Miami yet? What do you want me to know? What do you want to know, Jesus? It was an absolute screw-up call. Mario Cristobal has to own it. He cost them a game. 
It's time to move on. We're not firing him. For who? We won five national championships with three different coaches. Okay? How about this, Jesus? What about the Hale Flutie pass when no coaches were in the box? Or we were up 31 nothing, and then get this. Jimmy Johnson and all the coaches told us to take our shoulder pads off and we weren't going back in the game. Maryland came back and beat us 35-31. You think that's a coaching error? It happens to the greats. You learn from that stuff. It's a mistake, man. I'm not, I'm not justifying it, but I'm not doing what everybody's talking about. I mean, they want him fired. You, for what? For another experiment if Mario Cristobal can't turn this around Miami will never be turned around again okay man oh man I'll tell you this too hey Zeus I love the U2 and you know it but hey Zeus watch this you know who Miami fans are and I'm not saying this about you hey Zeus you know who Miami fans are Miami fans are people that would have been on the boat with Columbus. They would have said there's no land. Columbus would have said there's land. There's no land. And there would have been a mutiny, and they'd have thrown them off the boat. Instead of sticking to their guns and believing in their captain. Okay? You guys want to throw the captain off the boat, and you don't want to believe in the process. Hey, I hated the loss. I totally hated the loss. I'm with you. One of the worst decisions of all time. Clark goes, Dallas ain't ain't got shit for Philly. They're eight and three versus you. Dak's career. Hey, Clark, what do you say about that? If Dallas ain't got shit, what what do you say to the fact that Dak Prescott has owned you? Oh, today's Columbus Day, too. Happy Columbus Day. Huh? Not his team? Columbus was a Spaniard. No, he wasn't. He was an Italian. He sailed for Spain. We live in the now. We live in the today. Well, how about this there, man? Hey, five, five, seven, three. Well, then get this. San Francisco's better than you. Happy Indigenous Day? I'll take that. I'll take it. 49 is better than you right now. That don't mean they'll be better than you, though, like I said in January. There you go, Arthur. Keep it up, baby. 22 and 1 and 5 and 0. Represents Philly perfectly. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> my wife, hey, Art, my wife says that. How can you discover something when there was people already here? Uh, can you explain that? I go, no, it's an Italian thing. What do you want me to say? <laughs> okay. 
do you agree that Carter's better than Hardgrave this year? <clears throat> I would say this, 85. Carter's out to a better start. Hardgrave's playing great, too. He is. Oh, look at Maniac, man. Damn, that's the first time I thought that. I didn't know what you were. Now I know you're a Democrat. Who are indigenous cells? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that hurricane loss was terrible, man. Philly. You must be a South Philly guy. Okay. All right. Hey, there's no question. The three best teams in the – well, I'm probably giving it away for tomorrow, my top ten. But the three best teams in the NFC right now are 49ers, Eagles, and the Lions. And then I think it's everybody else. I would even say this to you. Do you think Dallas could beat Seattle? Hey, Tone, do you think Dallas could beat Seattle? I don't know. Seattle's physical. That's a physical. I think anytime they run into a physical team, I think they're going to have problems. I think Dallas is going to have problems, man. Yeah, man. I I just, boy, if there's a guy that's starting to get exposed, it's totally Micah Parsons. It's it's totally Micah Parsons, man. Run at him. That's the kryptonite. 11 from heaven? You got to be kidding me. Okay? Italian discovered America. So they say. Get Jerry Jones on the show. I don't think they're talking right now. I tried to get Steven on, and they're not saying too much right now. <laughs> Thank you, Maniac. We had a fun time today here. Absolutely. We got a boatload of people all week long. Um, yeah, no, man. I had to be a little bit to you guys aside today because that was a really good performance, man. They really did a good job against the Rams. And get this, it wasn't a great 60 minutes. No, wait a minute. It wasn't a great half, but it was really well done for 60 minutes. They adjusted, did the right things, coached well, played well, shut the team down. Man, they coached and played as good as they could against a very good team. I think the Rams are good. I really do. This game tonight, Packers and Raiders, these guys are draft choice teams. I don't know where they're going. Both teams aren't making the playoffs. Um, probably Packers, just a little bit more talent. Okay. Maxon, thank you. Very cool, man. You guys are all great. And I'll say this one more time about the Middle East, man. Let's pray for everybody and everybody and all those kids over there. Just not very cool right now. Humanity's not great. It's great to be an American. God bless everybody in the world. We'll see you. Hey, I appreciate it. Xander, Big Joe, thank you. Tone, way to keep kicking ass. Angelo Cataldi will be with us tomorrow along with Phil Sims, along with Tone, too, in the segment. We'll do all that 2 to 6 tomorrow, and we shall see you on the flip side.
Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.